What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you. But you know what we have to do first? Got to talk about those things that generate a little revenue for the show. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the Patreon at patreon.com slash Slayer. Get the video versions a week early. Get the audio versions ad-free. Support the show. Do you know you can support the show for as little as $3 a month? That is less than the cost of a beer or a nitro cold brew. It's really that simple. Go to patreon.com slash Slayer. Join the community. Support the show. Check out all the random shenanigans that are there. We are also brought to you by our merch store at anwd.net slash merch. T-shirts, art prints, all sorts of shit. You should definitely pick up some merch at anwd.net slash merch. Last, but certainly not least, the easiest way to support this show is twofold. First and foremost, just share posts, retweet, click the share button. Tell your friends about the podcast. It's really that easy. The other way is go to youtube.com slash now we drink and subscribe. Feed the algorithm. So support the show through the easy and free ways. Let's get on with it. My guest this week, you know her, you love her. And if you're in Utah, you're very familiar with her. Milf legend, the one, the only Cherie DeVille. Cherie and I go all over the place. We swap some stories. We talk about money shot. Cherie's a homie. So like, this is just a fun hang. Sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy drinking, buddy. What the fuck's going on is I have a cup with an ice cube in it. Well, it's a good start. No, it's not. It's it's an empty start. What, you want me to just pour whiskey into your mouth? I mean, we can. That's fine. Okay. Big enough table. Okay. It's on camera. It's on camera. We're we're opening up the Japanese whiskey I brought back. This is an awesome cup. It's Van Gogh. It's from Amsterdam. Yeah, your Japanese whiskey. Tell me about it. Where did you get it? The Duty Free Store. The Duty Free Store. Make something up. Where did you get out? It's still a duty-free store in Tokyo. So cool. It's at the airport? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just lie. Why should I lie to my audience? No, I know. It's literally like I got to the airport and went, fuck, I have yen left. Yeah. What can I buy? That candy. <laughs> and it has a really nice package. I don't know anything about whiskey, but I'm down for that package. So I'm going to say that it's good. Well, I once did a whiskey tasting contest with a few friends of mine. And we bought everything from like, I don't know, like a $400 bottle to like the cheapest thing we could find. And we tried to rate them by price. I fucked that shit right up. So that tells me like this could be $500 or $3 and I'm your perfect audience because I have no idea. Awesome. Well, as long as you don't lie to my audience, like don't, don't tell if it's bad. I was trying. I was going to be like, and then I was in like a small street market in Tokyo and it rolled under the table and I grabbed it. And then this old guy said I could have it for, I don't know, just make something up. But why? <laughs> I, I'd rather they know the truth that like, I'm bad with managing my money when I'm in another country. Okay. 
And I'm like, I need to get rid of this. is burning a hole in my pocket. I can't exchange it when I get back. I have a pocket full of coins. This is the perfect purchase. Right. So, I mean, it's already a sign of quality when it has a twist off cap. Well, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know what? We're going to see. We're going to find gonna out. See. We're going to go on this adventure together. Yeah. <laughs> the glass makes it good and your awesome ice cube. I love like those big drinking ice cubes. Do you have oh, a yeah. special tray? I do. I actually have multiple special trays. Do you? Yeah. Do you have different shapes? No, no, they're all the same. But I was like, gonna say some of those. I love some of the like fun little shapes, like I, the round ones. I'm oh, for it. I'm actually half tempted to spend the money on like they keep sending me targeted ads for ones that are like in, uh, that are actually like you could have your initials in the ice cube. What? Yeah. What does the tray look like? Silicon or yeah, what? it's a silicon tray, and then it just like has the custom embroidery at the bottom of it. Oh yeah. Can you put like a dick? Maybe. Mm, okay. I'm going to go on Etsy later tonight and see what I can get. See what kind of ice cubes. I don't even drink much, but I'm going to have the most bomb ice cubes. Well, and the, like the, the big blocks, but they just have the like the raised embossed. You're going to be the proud owner of not only a uh, monogrammed ice cube for yourself, but an ice cube with a, a, a real life replica of my vagina on it to serve to your guests. That's going to be a really big ice cube. I mean, I'm not saying this is <laughs> a big pussy. I'm just saying. That's a big ice cube. That's not going to fit in this glass, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't think your vagina would fit. a big box. <laughs> it's an award-winning big box, at it's least. big box. It's got to be a big box to win those awards. I'm going to tell you something right now. There's some big digging porn. <laughs> It could just be an elastic box. Okay, fine. I was. I, it's funnier to say it's a big box, so it just. I mean, it's your box. Is. Say whatever it's you your want. Box. About. You can label it however you want. You can say wide load. You can say fragile. You can just put any label on that box you want. Right. It's your box. <laughs> I'm not here to label your box. Well, you know what? When you get your custom ice cubes with my box on it, I'll also have to get you some like big Slurpee cups <laughs> to serve to your guests. Oh, <laughs> Should I come up with like a like a custom drink? It can be called like the pussy juice or the squirt. Well, you gotta have Shree's your name. Big box. You gotta have your name like in that. it. Like, okay, yeah, Shree's okay, big box. You okay. Get, if you're gonna brand it, you gotta have your name in it. We gotta brand it. It's gonna be in a Slurpee cup. It could be used or not. It's fine. Yeah. You know, and then it'll have my. It, my so just, should it be like an ice cube with a picture of my box on it, or should like the whole thing? Should it start like at the outer labia? I think we should just have a giant ice sculpture and then have people do lose mm. do shots out of your box. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Next birthday party. There you At go. At my 50th birthday party, I'm 100. And if you think I'm not, you don't know oh, me. I know you I'm are. I'm 100%. And, the, and like, I'm going to have it. So like the clit's on the bottom though. So you have to like, you know, at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to really get it there. Mm-hmm. Set up a photo booth at the. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm not. I, am I know you're not kidding. Dead. This is a brilliant idea, and I am 100 going to make people drink all of their drinks, even if they want water, out of my fucking cooch because it's my 50th birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no one is going to be able to hydrate unless it's out of my vulva. Are you going to have multiple? Because you know you can't have just everyone waiting in line to drink out of your. You coach. think I have a lot of friends? Okay, so should I have multiple? Uh, yeah, I could either have more than one. Uh, cunt on display, or I could like mix it up with like a butthole or like some titties. I don't know. That feels like too many ice sculptures. 
Is it though? How many ice sculptures is too many for a 50th birthday party? It's your party. It's my party. So it's really up to you. Many, I, I can have as many ice sculptures as I can afford when I'm 50. We'll see how many right. that is. And well, and it's also, One. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of an industry event at that point. Yeah. Well, at that point, at that point. Yeah. So it's like everyone by invite only. But if you have a picture of your actual face in my actual vagina, you get in for free. I got to pay. God damn it. <laughs> Bullshit. No, but you'll be on the guest list. You know what okay. I mean? So there'll be like a proper guest list. And you can also come to the party if you've already eaten my box. Okay. Mm, okay. We got to write this down. Good thing we're recording it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Because if I forget, I'm going to be really sad. Because I'm only 44. And that's a long time to remember. Oh, jeez. We got to wait six years for this? Maybe I'll just do it when I'm 45. Yeah, 45. This August. See? Everyone. <laughs> Four months from now. Boy, I got to get on this. Right? Hold on. I'm going to Google if there's dirty ice sculptures. You know, Doc Johnson did mold my pussy, asshole, and fist. So maybe I could, like, get them, because they have the molds, right? So I could get them to help me create these wonderful ice sculptures. Yeah. Have them sponsor the party, too. Have them. Now, that's a business move. (laughs) That's a business move. Should I give away my stroker as like a party gift? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is my first taste. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Not really like what I would normally drink, but it's not bad. It's like only in like the front of my mouth and my nose. How do you feel? Yeah. That... Now I'm making like weird ASMR noises. I'm like, <laughs> right into the mic. <laughs> To everyone only listening, they're like, I don't like her. <laughs> She's making all kinds of strange noises. Hmm. Mm. There's a place called laisart.com. Dot com. Now, when I made a giant penis cake for my partner's 30th, surprisingly, not every bakery, as I found out as I was calling people, was willing to make a giant cock cake. And some people were quite offended with my request. I had to go to a cake maker in West Hollywood who actually specialized in genitalia-based cakes. And I had a lovely cake made. And then we did a contest to see... Now, granted, a lot of the people at the party were porn performers. So I wanted to see who could deep throat this giant this giant cock the most. So, you know, you could kind of tell by the frosting who was doing the best job. And I tell you what, my gay best friend who is not in porn beat those porn bitches like by four inches. Well, it he makes sense. He throated the shit out of that cake, and it was girthy. <laughs> it was. It was. I'm not. I'm not gonna. If I make you a penis cake, it's not going to be a skinny mini. <laughs> just so you know, if if anyone needs a penis cake, you should go through me to commission it. Did you have your significant other model it? I I should have. I should. I should have done a realistic. Sent photos to his mom. <laughs> you helped bring this into the world. Yeah. She'd actually think it was funny. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Good. That's good. Well, for the next birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. Uh, 45. The year of the ice sculpture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this place, I don't know if they do dirty ones, but it's only $375 per ice sculpture. How big is the ice sculpture? For a single block, 375. But like, what's, what does that mean? 
How big um, is a block? One block is twenty by forty. Okay, that's 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 a good ice sculpture. Yeah. Um, the water to waterproof light box, which sits under the. Sculpture. It's slightly bigger than my actual box. <laughs> you said it. You said it. <laughs> a uh, a two block sculpture is forty by forty. Mm, that's big. Yeah. That's big. So you might... But it needs to be big if you're going to, like, have it as a luge. Yeah. So I'm sold. Yeah. I mean, for the grand total of $1,500, I'm sure Doc Johnson can easily throw down $1,500. hear that, Doc Johnson? <laughs> Would you like to help me create a gigantic replica of my cooch for my 45th birthday? I hope they do. They might. You never know. We can, like, carve Doc Johnson along the top. Yeah. Oh my god. I'll let people shoot content with my ice sculpture. You know, one of the first porns before I thought about how unbelievably uncomfortable it would be to have an ice dildo shoved up inside of me, one of my favorite porns, also because it was the only porn I had, and it wasn't even my porn, it was the porn of a downstairs neighbor. That is how hard it was to find porn in the 90s, right? This is like the one porn. That someone in the whole apartment complex had, and we all shared it. And it was Julia Ann and Janie Linda Mueller and that ice dildo, and it was so hot. It was the best point. Have you seen any of their blondage stuff? No, I haven't. You haven't seen their feature dancing stuff or the stuff no. that, oh my God. If you close your eyes and you imagine like the most iconic 80s, 90s, like, garage poster it's them their bodies are exactly that their hair it, i mean it's per they're perfect they're like they are that era absolutely phenomenal and the movie was phenomenal and i brought it up later when i had met julia and of course you know we're performers talking to her oh and it was so cold and it was so uncomfortable and they had like all these different dildos for like continuity they had continuity dildos they had continuity dicks they did. They had multiple continuity dicks. And so then I'm like, I wish, you know how they're like, I love her. So it's not don't meet your heroes because I love her and we're good friends. But like the like part of me that like jerked off to that a thousand times was like, oh, yeah, I guess it would be really cold. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like a little bit heartbroken. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to know how the sausage was made. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. And like, I get it now that I perform, like it can be uncomfortable or cold or this or that. But like, that was my porn. That was like my entire sexual reference for like longer than I care to admit. <laughs> Other than a few playboys and like some fuzzy shit I saw on late night TV that was channel blocked. That was it. That's all I had. Oh, I know. I'm, I mean, we're about the same age. I, I grew up in that era too. So. Yeah. Like, you're only a year or two old. You me. youngins are so lucky with all your porn all over the internet. <laughs> right? But then again, they had continuity. Over 18 youngins, of course. Of course. <laughs> but still, this generation is lucky when it comes to porn. But fuck, they had continuity money back then. We don't have continuity money. We don't have continuity money. They would have just let that melt in someone's cooch and called it a day. They don't, I mean, they had budgets. They had pyrotechnic budgets. They had stunt coordinator budgets. I mean, but then again, like, think about rock stars as well. Before piracy, it, it was a different world. But the big difference with music and us is music can still 
do live performances easily and make lots right. of money off gates. Touring. Touring merch. Although I've heard, and I don't have much information about this, so maybe you can fill me in. I heard that it, it was like, okay, first you're making money on your record sales, then piracy started, now you're making money on your concerts. I heard that like Ticketmaster and some of those places are trying to like hack that to pieces where a lot of like middle to low end touring musicians aren't even getting that well, as their big revenue stream. So in like the old school traditional model, a lot of times artists wouldn't make much on their album sales. Sure. What they would get is they would get an advance against their sales. Mm. So they might get a massive advance depending on the act, but they wouldn't see a dime from their sales until all that advance was recouped. Mm. But traditionally labels kind of like old school girl solo girl websites do you remember back then oh yeah where like they would hire you on and shoot as many scenes as you wanted and fulfill any of your fantasies scene wise that you wanted and then you're like why am i making 200 dollars a month and they're like well here's what you spent and you're like oh shit yep yep that is very much old school record like if say rick rubin's producing your album mm. under an old school model his points came out of the artist's side even yeah. if the label's like, he has to produce for you. Oh, that's interesting. Really? Yeah. So it comes out of the artist's pocket. Mm -hmm. That's a recoupable cost. Even if the artist didn't choose them, not that they wouldn't, but even if they were mandated to use them as the, as a, the label said, you have to. Yeah. Man. Could you imagine like showing up for a Wicked set and be like, oh, fuck, I'm working for Stormy Daniels. Oh, shit. I got to pay for Stormy Daniels. Right. Or like now I have to pay for like the lingerie you dressed me in, the shoes that got ruined, the lube I put on myself, maybe my the fee for my talent. Wow, that is a racket. Yeah. But Artists have been like traditionally, yeah, okay, look, we're not business minded. Thank you. Okay. But like that doesn't mean you have to take, but across the board. Did you see that WWE documentary? Which one? Well, that's a fair point, and I don't remember the name of it, but was it was within the last five years. And while watching it, I just was struck by how incredibly similar their business model is to porn, but not in the good ways. You know, how you can be contracted with a company, but you're still liable for all your medical bills and your injuries, and you're, no, you're still completely an independent business person, but you can be beholden to a schedule, like all this wild stuff that keeps the money at least in the wwe like right in the pocket of the people at the top where the performers are a little bit more it seemed from that documentary although as i know from porn documentaries they're not always great seemed from that documentary that they were being kind of like used and abused a bit and that only a few rose to the level of stardom where they could have real financial security after injury after you know their bodies couldn't do this very physical job anymore. Unfortunately, that's almost all forms of art because it's so fucked because people, there's such competition to get to any of these fields mm -hmm. that people will work for exposure or work. They do you know, for free or I don't think this is dropping any bombs to any of the listeners, but I'm not sure if your listeners know because I did not know this when I got into porn. Um, and I'm not even going to say the company, but I do pay for things like I pay for photographers to shoot my 8x10s. And so I'm sometimes working with non-porn and higher-end photographers. And what the, a lot of photographers will offer you is you can pay for their services, styling, makeup, photography, editing, normal stuff. And if that photographer has enough of a name, you can also pay five, ten, twenty thousand dollars 
to put yourself on the cover of Playboy and Maxim, all these top magazines. And it makes me wonder what percentage of those models are chosen by, I'm just going to say, I know he's passed, but Hugh Hefner, right? Because I thought at the head of these magazines was a person or group of people who like carefully hand-selected all these models. And I was, again, kind of like my ice dildo thing, a little bit saddened to hear that at a certain level, if you were at a certain attractiveness, working with a certain photographer, it was a pay-to-play situation. Well, and it's a wild pay-to-play situation because it's like, oh, you're kicking 20 grand to someone who probably doesn't even really need it. And there's a good chance that like with the right connections, you would have ended up there anyways. Like, But that's what I'm wondering. Like, like I've, I've, I've been offered only like porno magazine stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know what the world of like modeling is like. I, I wonder like, and, and I'm not trying to suggest that any of the mainstream magazines do this. I don't know. I only know about some of the like edgier ones. The men's but, like, what about like Vogue? Are those celebrities paying or are they being paid? Well, but it's also like, I'm sure someone's paying to a degree because maybe if it's not the model paying, it's the brand that they're representing paying. Right. If I was a brand new musical artist and I could pay, this is a lot of money, but like to them, like 30 grand to be on the cover of a high-end magazine for exposure, I think it would pay for itself every dime. Right, it's a marketing Is like that how that works, though? To a degree, yeah. So like when I worked in music. Is that upsetting to you? I don't know why it's, why is it upsetting to me? What, there's like this like weird like ethical bell going off in my head, but like I don't know, like when I say it out, I'm like, yeah, pay to play, that doesn't seem, like why, do I think it's wrong because I feel bamboozled? What, what's going on there, do you think? I don't know. I, I don't know. You're like, I don't know why you're pissed, woman. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel well, like it feels weird to me. It's weird, but also like from a business standpoint, it makes sense. It makes sense from a business standpoint, but like why am I holding on to the fantasy that these people are like handpicked in some way? Well, they are to a degree because it doesn't – no one's putting me on the cover of Playboy no matter how much money I give them. I don't know. Photoshop is something you have. You, I, I'm good at Photoshop. I mean, I'm not that good. You see me here. Right? right, and you've also seen my images online. <laughs> Photoshop's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <But laughs> you're like, yeah, that, yeah. I was listen. I'm right here. <laughs> give me a more like. Give me like a. Oh, I never know. It's like just, just, just again back to the lie to me thing. We're just circling right back around to the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really bad at lying to my guests and my friends. Look, I'm sorry. He likes you guys. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's a lot of them I don't like. Don't get don't get it twisted. Let's list them. <laughs> well, I don't know their names. They're just the ones. You know their you you know you know their usernames. You know some of the fuckers leave comments that you hate because I know who my fuckers are, and I know you know, and you're not going to say it, and that's fine. No, no, I honestly don't because I don't pay them enough mind. <laughs> that's probably true. That is your personality. <laughs> I'm way more sensitive than you are. You you would probably laugh about it and honestly forget about it. Well, you I would. do. <laughs> no, but you would. Yeah, yeah. Like. I I literally go fight trolls in my comment section for engagement, laugh about it, like cut and paste it to other people, like, look at this shit. And, and you <laughs> fight trolls with me on the weekends. Yeah. And nobody knows what I'm talking about now. Um, people that saw your last appearance do. Uh, was it, we, were we playing D&D at that time, too? Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was pre-D&D. No. Do you know what I mean? Because it was years. We've been playing D&D together for years. Yeah, for years. Damn. Cheers to that. Cheers nerds. To that. Right? Fuck yeah. You know, I only fuck with nerds. Honest to God. Like, I have friends that aren't nerds, but I don't really understand them. 
I'm like, you didn't grow up with enough like shitting on you for me to like really understand you. You know what I mean? Like I need like I love socially. You're not, but I love socially awkward people. Oh, like, I'm socially awkward. Don't get it. No, no, no. But like I'll go out with like a group of friends and like I'm the one who ends up talking to like the quiet kids in the corner or the socially awkward nerds. And they're like, man, that person was hard to talk to. I'm like, that was my favorite person at the party. Like, I don't know. That's me, though. I love interest. I call them interesting people. I love people who are not cut from the same cloth. And I think that's part of the reason I do porn, not just because, yes, I'm sexual. Yes, it's an amazing fucking job. But there's a bunch of fucking weirdos in this business, and I love it. Oh, I've said multiple times, this is the land of misfit toys. It is. It's the best. Everyone, like, because at some point, if you've decided to step away from like the rigid societal norms, however you're going to do it, you know, whether you're playing D&D, whether you're doing porn, whether you're whatever weird furry shit you're into, and I'm for all of it, like you are beating to your own drum. You are doing what you feel inside. And like, those are the people I want to fuck with. Even if the shit they're doing is not something I like, they're so authentic and real and genuine like, it almost brings a tear to my eye. Like, those are the people, not the people who are, like, keeping up with the Joneses and, like, really good at a party and, like, saying all this fake night. No. People I just are worried be... about what their parents think. No, I want you to be weird with me. Damn right. Like, wh- who are you inside? Like, maybe it's because I'm an atheist and I have the whole you only live once thing, but, like, fly your freak flag. We all have it in us. And if you're not showing it, it's because you're, like, Squishing it down, and that makes me sad for you, not you. Yeah, You're I, amazing, I, but some of you. Some of you. I know. Once again, knew you weren't talking to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when someone's like, men are trash, like, I'm not offended by that because Also, I, like I'm in the same room. If I like didn't like you and I thought you specifically were man trash, like I would not be alone in this place with you. Yeah. <laughs> You're not. My roommate's here. Well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so if I scream for help, someone will save me. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> he probably has his headphones in. Great. <laughs> Great, 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 great. <laughs> and I realized, like, shortly after getting in this industry, it was just like, oh, you think, like, because a lot of people are glamorous, pretty, like, sure. that, like, oh, this is where the popular kids and the cheerleaders and, like, the pretty people. Oh. It's like, oh, no, no. These are, like, the nerds that discovered sex and, like. Yeah, we were the kids, like, smoking outside, you know, sneaking away, playing hooky. We were those kids. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the you, nerds. That that was like the big reveal for me. When people I, who loved anime way before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I played D&D in high school. Like that was a rough place to be <laughs> at 15. Oh. And I was in the band. Not just the band, but the marching band. So I'm just, if I'm painting a picture for you, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. In high school, I played Vampire the Masquerade. I played D&D. I played Shadowrun. Like, I was also like. The, so you would have been one of my friends. I was also like the rebellious metalhead kid who was like ditching school smoking. I have to say, this might be super random, but like there's something about like, because a lot of my friends in high school were like, okay, I grew up in the 90s, but like punk alternative goth. And a lot of porn kids were punk alternative goth, if not now, because you can't tell that I was, but, or they were in high school. What do you think that is? And, and specifically a lot of the kink BDSM community are not only like above average intelligence, but goth punk vibes. What's that? I think a lot of it is just like, oh, hey, 
we're not going to just blindly do what we're being told to do. So you, you're you saying then that more people would be like that if they were true to their insides? Or just didn't do what was blindly do what was expected of them. So what is that? Like what kind of, so is it like a personality thing or like a... It's, it's a personality thing. Personality. It's, a, it's an, an intelligence thing to a degree because it's just like, okay, I'm smart enough to take a conscious step back and be like, this path that everyone says I should take may not be the path for me. Right. Just because like it's going to give you some social status at some part in your life. Like what is social status? Do I want social status? What's fun for me? Am I going to go after what's fun or like am I going to go after what looks good on the outside? Or what's and safe. All those cho- Oh, safe. Yeah. Yeah. Following. Because especially with porn, it isn't the the safe path, especially for females, the cost of failure and I do mean financial failure, um, is huge because we're so unemployable. It's not like trying to be a waitress for a weekend, realizing you hate it, and then just going on to absolutely anything else you want to do without someone being like, well, when you were 20, you were a waitress, so, you know. Hell, it's being a performer is more dangerous than even like trying out being a stripper. Like, Mm -hmm. you could be a a house girl. And you could probably be a house girl for a number of years and slink back into normal life. Right, and you could even deny it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you can't deny. And I think pre-90s, you might even be able to deny being a pornographer. But once the internet hit, you were done. Well, yeah, you could definitely deny being behind the camera. In front of the camera, it was such a smaller pool. You definitely were. Mm, that's true. Even though it was like a VHS market. Not deny to an employer, but I think... I guess I was thinking of like how there's some girls who like don't want to tell their families that they do porn. And I'm always saying they're going to find out. I think now that there's the internet, like they're going to find out. Oh, Back in the DVD days, you might be able to get away with it if no one in your family watched porn, but like. No, because someone at church or some shit's going to be. Someone at church watches porn is what you're saying? I'm assuming. Oh, my God. I'm an atheist. Oh, my God. But church people don't watch porn. That's ridiculous. All I know is from my, Ooh, wait. From, my hold on, hold on. from my private investigator days. Yeah. Ooh, you, you were a private investigator? Oh, yeah. Didn't know that? How did I not know? I don't know. Rewind. Private investigator. That's the coolest job in the world. Not really. Really? It's a very, it's a very boring and exciting job at the same time. That seems very exciting. It's actually how. Do you have like special outfits? Kind of. But that's honestly how pod how I got into podcasting was I was listening to a lot of podcasts while doing PI work. Oh, that's interesting. And like I was already in the industry at that point, but like I, my day job was working as a PI. So if I ever need someone found, you can do it. Maybe I know someone who needs someone found. Well, we'll talk off air about that. Okay. Without fail, every time I had to investigate, because primarily what I did was insurance fraud cases. Interesting. Like the infidel. So I was a physical therapist, and I was. I've had to go to court a couple times in um, like fraudulent workers comp cases. Yeah. Was it that sort of stuff? Mm -hmm. So you were the guy that would like follow them around and watch them like skipping down a path when they said they had a broken leg. Correct. You know, I was that bitch and I'm so sorry to my patients, but like it's, we can't legally not do what I'm about to say. So of course I did it. If you tell me that you're scamming your insurance company, I have to write it in your chart. Like. Right. uh, like, no matter how good of friends you think we are, this is my job. 
I worked at a workers' comp clinic for a while, and all, there was a multitude of patients who made their living getting rear-ended and doing slip and falls, and they just couldn't help themselves but tell me after a while. It's like the guilt was eating them up or something. And, those and I are, had to write it in. I guess I didn't have to, but like, ethically, I had to write it in right. the chart. But those are the kind of people I'd work. And without fail, everyone who is deeply religious, like that had some association mm. with a church or some shit like that as part of the case, were the most fraudulent motherfuckers I ever worked. Yeah. I th- I mean, that's anecdotal, yeah. but it was, it was a pretty the strong The place trend. where I was working was in Southern Florida, which is a religious area. So most people were religious. But, you know, sometimes I feel like you're religious, like culturally or religious by birth, but you're not like, like do you know what I mean? For example, I was working with a guy who was some slip and fall accident or some shit like mm-hmm. that. And then I followed him on a Sunday from church going door to door, like doing the Jehovah's Witness shit when he was supposed to be on a leg injury. Well, the word of God bolstered his leg. That's clearly right. what happened. Or I worked a guy <laughs> who on the side was a, you know, one of those divinity preachers were like, if you donate to God, God will return the money to you. Oh, like those like televangelist but, type vibes. But on a local level. There's those on a local level mm-hmm. that just steal money from the community? Allegedly. Like, That's so sad. And this guy is supposedly like, you know, and injured himself in work and was using the comp money to fund his preaching and shit like mm. that. They sent me the fuck into his church. Like, I... Wow. Yeah, uh, I was so mad at my bosses about that. I'm like, yo, you know I am a fucking atheist. This is really not where I want to be. Yeah, I am uncomfortable. I'm and, deeply uncomfortable. And the worst part about it is like... His, Plus if it's a small congregation, oh, everyone's going to be like, oh, you're new. Oh, you're new. Oh, no, this is... Oh, you're, you're like super noticeable. Oh, no, I had to role play with all... Uh, like, this is where my gaming really helps because I, I, I had I, I had to role play with all these people like, like oh, because it was a small congregation. Yeah. And like... They're passing around envelopes to, you know, and they're like, oh, how'd you hear about, oh, like, my friend? And, like, you know, I just wanted to come and see if this is, like, a good place for me. And, fit. Yeah, and, like, they were the night, like, his flock were the nicest, most gullible fucking people. Well, yeah. And he's, he's the just, monster. Yeah, and he's just like, yo, with your guys' money, we were able to buy a, a new computer for the church. And, like, it's just. Yeah. And he is up on stage animated when he is supposed to be on, like, disability. Yeah. And, like, I'm just, like, filming him on my phone. Mm-hmm. Just filming. Good. But people like that need to be taken down because that whole community would have lost thousands and thousands of dollars to his pockets. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm, I don't regret doing the job. I'm just saying. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, that particular situation was uncomfortable. But also, every almost every, actually, no, every time I worked, someone who was re- affiliated with the church who was, Deep religious where it's in their file like they're a, you know, affiliated with the church, they were always, always full on full of fraud. That's interesting. So it's like That's very interesting. I guess they thought God was gonna forgive them. Yeah, I think there's some religions where all you have to do is say you're sorry and then you're good to go again. So like you can kind of do whatever you want if you don't have like internal morals. Right. And like if you're the one in charge of the church, of course, like it's really easy to get that forgiveness, isn't it? Yeah. And I can't imagine any of those like televangelists are in any way moral. Like you live too rich. Like if you're religious, aren't you supposed to be poor? Aren't you supposed to give all of that money to your congregation and people and. Right. Vow of poverty and shit. Yeah. Or not the vow of private jets. Right. Oh, uh, what's this fuck down in Houston? Like during the hurricane, didn't open his church. Didn't open his megachurch. Um, Joel Olstein. What do you mean? 
like one of the hurricanes that rolled through Houston, they wouldn't let people take shelter in the church. And the best part is, the best part is, every mosque in Houston was like, we're open to the public during right. the... It's like, oh, the Muslims are... The... Why wouldn't they let people go to the church for safety? They would just wouldn't. That's gross. That's really gross. Boo. Boo. Yeah, it's like, you have a mega church. Yeah, you have tons of money. Why would you not? So, so people are just going to die outside? Yeah. So here's the NBC News report from the time. Houston preacher Joel Osteen's megachurch is now welcoming Texans displaced by Hurricane wow. Harvey following an onslaught of social media criticism mm. for initially staying shut. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they didn't do it unless they f- until they felt like they had to, until people were shitting on them enough on social media where they felt that that pressure. Yep. I wonder why. What's the harm in opening it? You don't want the poor masses in your beautiful church that aren't paying no money? I don't know. Those are like your your people. Even if they just open it to people that have been there, that's enough people. Yeah. I know. It's, that's lame. It's crazy. We don't like him. He's on the list. He will not get to use the ice vagina luge at my 45th party. Though it would probably be great for your social media if he did. <laughs> probably would. <laughs> so Joel Can, you seen, imagine, ah! can you imagine the photo? On to Photoshop. That would be gold. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we can make that happen whether it happens or not. Now the question is, do we get sued for it or not? Yes, we would definitely get sued for it. Yes. That, that is an easy... But with all the, like, AI stuff that's happening, how are they going to find who to sue when all these, like, deep fakes start coming? I mean... There's no loss on the books for it. Do you know what I mean? But if I Photoshop it, I can sue. Right. But, like, say the next, you know, during the next presidential race, there's some crazy AI speech given by an avatar that looks exactly like a political candidate. Right. What if they can't find who did it? What if the person that did it is in another country? Like, what is that landscape going to look like? I don't know. Like, it, it's such a weird, like, unknown right now. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. someone using AI art did a full virtual Joe Rogan experience. What so do you I'm, mean? They used AI art and AI learning algorithms to do Rogan's voice and do the guest voice. It's completely, and like they say in the beginning, this is completely AI generated. Was it good? I got a couple minutes to do it. It sounded real. Like, you could tell it was definitely art. It wasn't like they didn't have realistic video, like deep fake Yeah, but they could. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's nuts. What about when they start doing, like, AI music? They'll take, like, I would like a song in the style of Britney Spears, and then they write a song that's a top 10. So, actually, that is very topical. Grimes just tweeted out, like, in the last day or so that, like, if anyone creates a song using her voice and using AI, she will pay them 50% royalties. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. She's like, yeah, I would pay them 50% like I would with any other collaboration. And she's specifically going to make it easier for people to use her voice for AI projects. Really? Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Now, if she didn't offer that, what would be the legality there? I don't know. I mean, I think I would take it too. Like if somebody 
made a porn with a fake me in it and it sold millions of dollars, I would want some of that money too. But would you give the person who used your likeness 50%? Well, otherwise, wouldn't they get 100%? What are the what are the laws, in other words? There's, it's really, really unclear right now. Right? And like, how close to me does it have to look? What if they name it something different? How can I, you know what I mean? Do I have to trademark like my likeness? And what would that even mean? Well, can you trademark your license? I, I don't know. Or is that a copyright? I don't know. Like I have a trademark for my name. Right. But do I trademark my voice? Things that I say, my movements, I my figure? I, I Do you know what I mean? Like these have been irrelevant conversations until now. I guess maybe the plan is sell all your likeness rights to a company you own. Yeah. And be like, Shreedeville LLC owns all these likenesses. That's all all these rights. Because um, Jessica Ryan, like not too long ago, she was talking about that she showed up for what was supposed to be just a nude shoot, like mm -hmm. a photo shoot. And there was a bunch of language in the contract in the model release to get all of her likeness rights in perpetuity. Really? She ended up walking on the deal, but. Wow. Because a lot of the contracts we sign are multiple pages long, and I don't read them as thoroughly as I should. I scan them, but I'm not going to spend 20 minutes reading them, or I don't. I should, but I don't. Right. Wow. Now, the question is, if Shreedeville LLC already owns all those likeness rights. But what would that even mean? Because it's like a whole new thing. I don't know, but you can't, you can't sell them again if they've already been sold, right? And is it like a parody? Like South Park does parodies of celebrities all the time. They don't have to pay them. So if someone made a porn with a fake me, is it a parody? There's, so there's certain laws that cover parody. There, it has to be substantially different from the original art, and it has mm -hmm. to have a commentary. You, like the old, like, this is not whatever XXX right, right, right. aren't truly parodies. They aren't. I mean, what's the what are they parodying? They're just doing the same thing well yeah how do they get away with that then they just didn't get bothered to get sued that's lucky i thought that that was safe as soon as they said like a triple x parody i mean calling it a parody doesn't make it a parody what makes it a parody leroy myers is actually the expert on this shit because all the wood rocket shit truly are parodies yeah there's well like you said if it needs to be like a different art style slightly different costuming but like what's the line because um, when Wood so, Rocket did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they still had like the same type of outfits, the same. But they type were of the vibe. Ten Inch Mutant Ninja Turtles. They were not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Triple X. They were the Ten Inch Mutant Ninja Turtles. They had different names. Okay, um, so you ch they changed the name slightly. So, according to a quick Google search, a parody is a fair use copyright work when it is a humorous form of social commentary and literary criticism of one of the works imitated another. Hmm. So you have to, you have to have some criticism and you have to have social commentary on it to make it actually a parody. So, so like, does Wood Rocket have social commentary? To a degree. I mean, there's definitely criticism in it. Hmm. That's interesting. So they might be a real parody. Oh, I, Leroy's an expert on this. Yeah, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the people who I've definitely heard be critical of some of the other parodies. Right. As not parodies, as direct copies. Yeah. Just being derivative works. Yeah. Interesting. So, I'll have to look up my Power Rangers parody and see if it's parody enough. Have you watched it since it came out? 
No, I created it. I made it. Oh, I produced it. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm concerned. Oh, like, oh shit! Am I getting sued? <laughs> no, no, it's not that good. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, the costumes for a minute were similar, and then we got, um, uh, we were the mighty Horphan Power Rangers, and then we got horrified into slut versions of the costumes. Right. So like that the- might be parody enough. Yeah, I'm looking at um, another, like, by definition, a parody is a comedic commentary about the work that requires an imitation of the work. Okay. Satire, on the other hand, even when it uses a creative work as a vehicle for the message, Offers commentary and criticism about the world, not that specific creative work. So that's the difference between parody and satire. And then what would be straight illegal? Just making a derivative work. Because mm. I feel like some of the people making what now I'm thinking are derivative works in our industry are some of the biggest players. Oh, yeah. How do they get away with that? It's not like they're minor companies. They're huge. Does Warner Brothers want to go play in the mud? With MindGeek, because it's generally um, Wicked that's making the really big, the really big parodies, mm-hmm. which is a MindGeek company these days, right? I don't know. I thought Wicked, Wicked is. I thought Wicked fell under the MindGeek umbrella. I'm not sure. I know a lot of things do, but I'm not sure about Wicked. Okay, but either way, yeah. Wicked's a big player. It's a big player, yeah. Does Warner Brothers, who owns DC, really want to go play in the mud with Wicked Pictures? Do they even want to acknowledge that this thing that's infringing on their IP exists? Yeah, why wouldn't they? Because then they're going to bring a lot of attention to it. And unless they get a cease and desist and actually stop it immediately, they're going to increase their sales a lot. Right, but they would prevent one win would prevent the whole string and decades and decades and decades of parodies. What it? We're in a fairly, as much as we are a legitimate industry, a lot of people still treat this motherfucker like it's an outlaw industry like it yeah. was back in the day. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, definitely been in some parodies like in non-sexuals that like this is skirting the line yeah uh, like this this, this may just be a derivative work mm-hmm. i'm just showing up for when some of the dialogue is the same the costuming is the same the yeah. yeah interesting i actually had no idea i thought i honestly thought if you called it a parody you were just like good to go definitely not just good to go just nope. blanketly good to go nope but it's also one of those things where like a company would have to admit that they went and watched your content and then prove in court that it's not a parody. But it sounds like that would be easy. It might be. Still legal fees. Either way, you're right. It would make a huge splash. A huge splash. And for them to go after that, it would have to mean that they thought it was somehow impeding on their like value or market. Like It would be really giving them a lot of kudos in a way. Right. Yeah. Which honestly, some of Axel Braun's stuff has better costuming than some of the modern DC stuff. So I know it does. <laughs> yeah. He's really careful about his costumes, that's for sure. I mean, hell, at that point, it might be fun to start a studio and just intentionally get fucking sued for the publicity. Like just make a make a parody and just put no budget into it. Yeah. Well then it would be a parody because it'd be so badly done. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's an unintentional parody. Yeah, yeah. Like it's an unintentional parody. It's just so poorly done. They're like, oh that's hilarious. That's a that's a funny commentary. And you're like, no, it's supposed to be just right. Right. <laughs> sue me. Yeah, sue me, please. I need the marketing. Need the publicity. Good publicity. Right. <laughs> Because you can sue this shell company into oblivion. It's got no money. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the, that's the weird thing about being a small business owner. You realize how much stuff you can, like, 
you know, different ways to protect your like individual stuff with your companies. And it's pretty weird. And I'm like the tiniest little business. It kind of makes me nervous for all the big businesses. It's a lot of power that they have that they're legally given. Oh, I know. Hell, they can donate to fucking politicians. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that that's legal. I know. That lobbying is like, yeah, we're good with that. Well, fucking so you go into you know, become a congressman or the president or a senator and you make like lawyer money, like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and you come out a multimillionaire. Where'd the money come from? They need to raise the president's fucking salary. But like, do they? Because they get so much money anyway. Well, they need to raise their salary, but also cut out that they can't fucking get any other income from anywhere else. Honestly, though, don't raise their salary because you're supposed to be a public servant. Yeah, but the thing about it is, in this modern time, you make more a year on paper than the president does. Of their official salary. Right. Yeah. So why would a reasonably intelligent person want to be president? Why would you want to, all that fucking stress? So you think the president should want to be president for the money? I think the opposite. I think that the money shouldn't be the carrot because I don't think that no, that's going to attract the right the president. Is, the problem is the power is what the current carrot is. So you only got people. No, that, you have the power. Right. But, no matter what the money is, you have the power. Well, we just need to strip away some of that too. But You know what I mean? Like you could have zero dollars in actuality and there'd be plenty of people who wanted the power. Right. But why would someone who's like a successful business person, why would they want and they could have plenty of power just through financial influence. Mm. Why would they actually want to do the job? To serve the people. Nobody wants to serve the people. Right, but we should want someone that wants to serve the people. Well, yeah. I mean, there's lots of things I want that would be great. I want one of those, like, Greenpeace people out there. You know, like, the people who have really dedicated their lives to, like, serving people should the be the is, president. They probably think that you're, you're, you're a sex slave and... They probably do think I'm a sex slave. Right. <laughs> and they're going to save you from yourself. Yeah. I, that's like the, the common theme. Like every time you talk to the people who are trying to say that, there are a lot of people that think all legal pornography are all doing it against their will. Actually against their will. And I wonder what the psychology... I, I think it might actually be easier for them to stomach that we're doing it against their will, which is sad and tragic. It means we're being raped every day. But it's easier for certain people to stomach total tragedy than the simple reality of people really enjoy this job. I know. What does that say about society that is easier to believe that we're victims of like rape and abuse, which is a horrifying situation, than we're just independent entrepreneurs? A lot of bad things. Speaking of which, the you were great in the documentary, by the way. Oh, thank you. It was okay. It was okay. But speaking of people that wanted to save you, their lawyer was really cute until she opened her mouth. Dude. <laughs> Dude. The- <sighs> She's exactly the one that's like, oh, that's sad. Like, you look, you just don't enjoy sex, apparently. Kind of cute. Aw. I, I, you know, it's kind of like, like, I understand that to make an interesting documentary, you had to show both sides. But the thing is, the anti-porn side isn't showing what they really want. They're still giving these lies about, I, I don't even think they think 
we're being sex trafficked. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. What they want is to cancel porn. So what they're doing is they're choosing something that everybody hates, sex trafficking, child pornography, other horrifying, terrible things. And they're like, well, everybody hates this. Let's go ahead and lie to the public and say that that is what this is so that they'll hate that and we'll get our actual goal of removing legal, consensual, beautiful pornography from the world and the internet. So if it showed both actual sides, which is the performers speaking as themselves, and the you know evangelicals saying, I hate porn, I wish it were all gone, then I would be happy to hear both sides of that story. But I'm not happy to hear this side lying and gaslighting the public and our side bleeding our hearts out for like no monetary value. And now after the documentary, most of the people have been harassed, doxxed, stalked, had their social media taken down, bank accounts messed with. Like the people on our side did it for the good of our community with nothing that we were given in return. And the other side just gets to put one more nail in the coffin of porn, which were, and then we suffer extra. It's just, I don't know. That's why I think showing both sides of a story where one party is lying is not really the move. But the question is how in a documentary do you get them to tell the truth? Like how? Agree. But giving equal airtime to people who are just damaging a community isn't awesome. No, it's definitely not awesome. That's like when Trump was like, there are good people on both sides. And like, no, 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 there aren't. (laughs) No, no, no. One side is fucking it up, (laughs) y'all. I'd be curious to ask the filmmaker about this. Did she not want to just show the porn side of it? Because she was afraid that people would be like, oh, they're not showing the other side because they're afraid of what they're going to say or some bullshit like that. Well, I think it is important to show both sides because then it it is an interesting to watch. But I wish there was some way. It's just their current talking points right now. It's just the, the, I'll say evangelicals as a blanket statement. It's just their current talking points are that somehow we're not checking age verification, which we are very carefully, and that we're all trafficked, which is absurd. You know, I, I just don't know why that, is an interesting talking point to them when it's just so absolutely ridiculous. The general public doesn't know. They just don't yeah. know. They're, they're just, they just don't know what they're told. But like, how do they also like, this is something that everybody consumes. Everyone's all worked up about like, if their t-shirt came from here or there, like everyone is so concerned about ethical consumption, will be concerned about ethical consumption with your porn. And that's not hard to do. I don't, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think people are actually concerned about ethical consumption. I think people virtue signal that they are. Mm. We both have fucking iPhones. I don't want to see people committing suicide in factories. It's, in all reality, not going to stop me from buying the next iPhone. Same. But I'm just saying there are a huge amount. Maybe I live in LA and I see but it more. People are talking a big game. Mm. They're not putting their money where their mouth is. They're not checking to see if the coffee they buy is fair trade or their iPhone is made fucking morally or any of the shit that they actually claim to give a fuck about a lower level like people complain about different fetishes that we film that people frequently film and i always find that to be so funny because they're like like for me for example i do a lot of stepmom stuff right faux cest all that right that whole that whole jam like i've done tons of those films and they're like how could you film such you know content like that 
And I'm like, I mean, it's it's you. Like, what what do you mean? How can I film it? Like, all of our stuff is analytic driven. I'm not just like coming up with random stuff and then putting all of my money into it. We film what gets clicks. You see like indie producers, a lot of people try a lot of stuff, a fetish hits, right? We notice that on our analytics. We notice certain fetishes selling. We try those fetishes. Mainstream companies try those fetishes. The stuff that sells and keeps selling will continue to be filmed. So you choose what is in porn. If you don't like what's being seen all the time in porn, click on fucking something else. So I'm curious if you could try a science science experiment for me. Mm. Can you film two versions of the same scene with you and the same scene partners Mm -hmm. where one is, you know, step whatever, one is straight whatever, boy girl, and same outfit, same everything, and see how well the two perform side by side? Yeah. Or or if you want to get even darker... People often ask me why you don't film more female pleasure, right? And it's not that I don't. I do have films that are geared more towards female pleasure, but men watch more porn right now, or at least men are paying for more porn and money makes the movie. So films that have more misogynistic and male-based themes sell more. So that's more of what you're going to see. And no, it's not the best kind of porn to grow up with, but you need to be voting for if you all you want to see is like beautiful clitoral stimulation and all that kind of stuff where you know that the woman's vulva is engorged and all those beautiful things are happening. You need to vote for that with your clicks. The fact that you're seeing this other stuff isn't because Porn Valley is full of whatever. It's we service the world of purchasing, and I want to emphasize that word of purchasing people. And we're going to provide what the people are purchasing and that is ever-changing. And I have noticed it's swinging. You were around during like the most aggressive like 08, 05 gonzo times. And we've, we've got, not that that's not being purchased, but we've pushed away from that as the culture changes. But when you are providing content purely based on clicks, there is no virtue signaling. There is no wokeness. There's none of that. All it is is the reality of the person alone in their room and what they're clicking on. So it is a very real representation of what the world is watching right now pornographically. And you can't sugarcoat it with anything. You can't say it's right. You can't say it's wrong. You can't say it's not PC. It's just what people are watching. And it's going to change slower than the culture that we're trying to present to the world because we're providing what is, not what we want to be. Definitely. The reason I asked about the the, the science experiment part of it was... I go off on tangent. Oh, no. It's good. It's good. It's, it's good shit. It's, yeah. Don't, <laughs> believe me. I, I can sit back and just let you go. <laughs> it's easier editing for me. I, I was just always curious if it was a chicken and the egg situation where it's like... Mm. They started producing a fair amount of step whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're searching the keywords or they're searching the performers. Mm. And because it just happened to be like a Sharita scene. I'm sure there's some of that happening where you didn't know that you were interested in the didn't... fetish, but then you stumble across it because it becomes so popular. Well, it's one of those things like I've definitely watched scenes where like it was technically a steps up. 
I utterly didn't care. I didn't listen to a word of the fucking dialogue. You just thought it was a hot scene. It was just like, yeah. oh, those are two people I want to watch bang. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so, sure like with different fetishes that have been popular over different generations, people have liked and not liked all kinds of them. But then, you know, you can get drawn into a beautiful performer or muted if you don't like the verbal dialogue, stuff like that. Absolutely. Well, and it's one of those things where like, did enough of those scenes catch on for whatever reason, not necessarily the fetish. And then Deanna Lake said, well, those types of, like, they didn't look That's at- true. Can, th- that absolutely can be true. So you could have a lot of users where if the market is flooded with a certain amount of scenes, then they're going to get clicked on no matter what. And then it might falsely enhance right. the amount of clicks that you think that that is getting. And that's why I was curious. But I think even that would be temporary because something else, if it's really not being enjoyed, something else is going to take its place. Well, but it's also one of those things where like people aren't consuming it like they used to. They aren't buying movies with they're not buying features anymore. So mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, we got to make Pirates 3 because Pirates 2 and 1 fucking broke the box office. Yeah. People are consuming stuff by the scene. And a lot of times, because they can just instantly scrub to the sex, I don't feel are even giving a fuck what the setup is. Yeah, a lot of times I'm sure that's true. They so, like, they're like, oh, this person does good dirty talk in all of their scenes. No matter what the scene theme is, I'm going to enjoy that. Or I just like this person's ass. I'm going to mute it. And watch that ass bounce, and that's fine, too. I mean, a lot of times I'm looking for just, like, I'm into a bunch of European performers these days. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like... Well, it's also, like, I know some people really enjoy watching their friends, and I enjoy having sex with my friends, but I don't enjoy watching them as much because, like, the interpersonal dynamics that you know about in their private life get yeah. in the way of my head. Exactly. I don't watch... Like, my my rule of thumb is, like, I don't watch scenes with my friends unless I've actually had sex with them. Right. Mm. And then it's kind of like, oh, this is kind of like a fun memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, and since I'm not a performer, I don't have to worry about that with like everyone I fucking know. Yeah, yeah. You're like, it's everyone. I can never watch porn again. Right. So I end up watching a lot of Europeans because like, I don't know them. They're pretty. Yeah. And it's pretty much like, I'm looking for the handful of European performers I like. It's like seeing with reverse cowgirl. (laughs) Huh? Who's your favorite? Uh, Right now, I really do like Jolie Love. Mm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm afraid to do so the European expos and like meet her and be like, Oh shit! Now I know you. Fuck fanboy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna fanboy. Yeah. Like, I don't fanboy on people. Like I do. I don't. I, I do bad. I got tongue tied in the elevator with Nina Hartley once. <laughs> I was in the elevator at like my first AVN, and she walked in, and she was so nice. She's like, "Hi," and I was like, <sighs> "She's like, I'm Nina Hartley," and I'm like, ah. and then she got out of the elevator, and I like didn't say anything. Oh, Nina's great. She's great, but I was very starstruck. Yeah, See, I don't get that. I'm like that doesn't happen for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, I'm just a jaded human being. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> well, the first time I met Nina, I was roadieing for someone, and Nina thought that I was the boyfriend. Not like, mm. oh, is this the new boyfriend? He's cute. I'm like, thanks, Nina. Thank, thank you. you. I, uh, thank you. <laughs> like no, I'm just the roadie. I'm the paid help. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the paid help. Not that that performer didn't want to fuck me, and because she was paying me, made for a very awkward situation. Yeah, power dynamic, right? Well, it was one of those points where, like, oh, I'm not going to potentially fuck with my money. Like, I'm not putting, like, if you had come to me to, like, yo, hook up before you had hired me, I probably would have put out. Right. But then, like, then your whole, like, gravy train of whatever it was, feature dancing or. It was like the convention convention circuit. Like, I'm just like, I'm here to get paid. And, like, my rent doesn't care about my orgasm. Right. Now, if we get in a fight, I'm out. Someone else is in. And now what? Yep. Now what? And even more fun is 
We did get into a fight because I brought another girl back to the room. Ooh, to the shared room. I mean, it was a suite. She had the bedroom area. I had the, like, the common area. Okay, that's not bad. Were you making noise, though? Because if I was trying to sleep and I needed to be up the next day and you were making noise, I would kill you. Oh, no, no. She tried to Murder. kill. She... Murder. I, I've, t- I've told the story on air. It was been, I think it's been a while, though. So, yeah, we probably made a little too much noise. I was definitely the asshole in this situation. But she comes out of the, the room and, like, get this bitch out of here. And the girl I brought back goes to physically attack her. Oh. I had to. What do you? What? Yeah. Oh, no. So I literally, since the girl I brought back. would have just, like, come out of the room and been like, y'all, I need to wake up at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Like, you, you got to fuck quietly. If you're going to, you got to shut the fuck up. And if I hear you again, you're going to have to rent your own room and fuck in that room because I got to go to bed. Right. And I agree with you. Yeah. This is almost a decade ago. Yeah. I was definitely I'm lecturing you like a mommy. Sorry. Uh, no, no. I admit I was in the wrong. I admit I was in the wrong. And, uh, but I can't believe that girl went after your employer. Oh, yeah. So I had to cinch her around the waist and carried her out of the room. That's crazy. And then got locked out of the room behind me. You know, in porn was the first time I saw a real fight, like a fist fight in my life. Yes, I'm sheltered. It was terrifying. Uh, I was at a model house. Oh, God. With me, me and Danny Daniels were sharing a room. Thank God. Bless her soul. And the two other girls, I, I don't know what the problem was. All I hear from my room is, you awesome Kira wannabe motherfucker. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening in the kitchen? So Danny and I come out into the kitchen and they're like actually fighting, like hitting each other fighting. And so me being the pussy I am, I just hide behind the kitchen island and I'm like, oh my God, I'm never coming back to LA again. This is terrible. What the fuck is happening right now? Danny, however, badass boss bitch. One girl like this, one girl by the throat, our agent on the phone, on the cell phone. She worked it all out, and I could come out from behind the kitchen counter safe. <laughs> Guess what? In that situation, I probably would have done more like you. Like, it is not my turn to give a fuck. I am not going to give a fuck here. <laughs> I'm not trying to get injured. Right, exactly. I don't know what you guys are doing. Yeah. The only reason I got physically involved between the two girls is, like, this girl's paying me. Like, I, yeah. I, I cannot let... Plus, like, you're fucking one. The other one's paying you. It's a problem. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely yeah. a problem. I mean, to be fair, I did try to take her, the girl out. Back to her room. I also tried to have sex with her in a cabana because this is a rumor. So yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm like, we could just bang out here at the cabana. Like, totally good. Yeah. And she's yeah. just like, no, it's called. Does that hotel still exist? It's been renamed, but uh, and I've definitely had sex in one of the cabanas there before too. So, uh, I've had sex there. In one of the cabanas out. At- no, inside. I, I, if I'm thinking of the right one, it's those rooms that had like the weird '70s hot tubs in them. Yep. Yeah. Right across the street from the Hard Rock Hotel. Yeah. Was that a swingers hotel? Yeah, and especially during AVN. Yeah. The swingers always stayed there during AVN. That is so interesting. Um, but yeah, like... Yeah, I had an okay night. Um, I had like the the company I was working for put me up. I had the whole room to myself. And then like I was new. So I was like, oh, I'm going to like bang the male performer or whatever. And then like I didn't. And he just threw up all over my room. <laughs> I got to ask you off air who that is because it's probably someone... I won't say on air. I know. I, I said off air. But I will tell you off air. Oh, I can't wait to know. There was so much vomit. I was like two weeks into the industry. And there was like a lot. I mean, there was vomit on the bed. There was vomit in the hot tub. There was vomit on the carpet. There was vomit not on, but real close to my suitcase. Whew. Yeah. 
I was not happy. I'm like, you know, that was the last time I brought anyone back to my hotel room. I'm like, I'm at work. And I didn't realize that people were going to vomit. Like, also, how do you have that much vomit? Buffets. Don't say that. Buffets. It's disgusting and probably true. It's a lot of vomit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so let me. Sorry, I got I got derailed with the vomit. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> derailed. <laughs> so I, we get locked out of the room. Like my my employer locks us out of the room. You know I would have too. But the girl's clothes and shoes are still in. Okay, the... not cool. Would not have done that. Not trying to steal people's shit. Hotel security gets called. What? Yeah, she called hotel security too. The girl you were banging? No, no. The my my employer. Why did she call hotel security? Because you were out. Yeah, the girl I was banging was still trying to get her shit back, so she was banging on the door. Oh, God, just give her her shit back. Ugh, drama. So security shows up, and they're, like, expecting a crazy hostile situation, and they're just like, I'm like, she's staying here, too. Can you just get her back? Can you get her shoes out of her shoes? Her shoes, her bag, her phone, whatever. She's staying in the hotel. Just get her back to her room, and they're like, sir, you're going to need to calm down. I'm like, do I not seem calm, dude? They're like, actually, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I'm, These ladies are having an issue, but I'm fine. Right, I'm I'm a security professional. I'm I, sad that I'm not getting my dick wet, but I'm fine. Right. <laughs> They're like, "Well, you're going to have to leave the hotel." I'm like, "Actually, my name's on this room too, so I'm not going anywhere." Yeah, I I live in this room. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, thankfully, my client had actually put my name on the room so I could get a key and shit like that. If she makes was sense, right? Yeah. So I'm like, "No, my name's on this room too. I'm not going anywhere." So I went and chilled poolside for like an hour and a half. She calmed down and let at me. What time? Well, this is all at five o'clock in the morning. These these were all 5 a.m. post-circle bar decisions. Oh, God. What time did you have to be back at work? I don't know. I made it. You made it. I mean... Circle bar. You know, that's one thing that I... So I love the new venue. mm -hmm. It's clean. It's nice. It's whatever. It's too clean. too much walking. And one of the things I liked about AVN is like, you don't get to see all your friends all the time. You just see them once in a while on set here and there. You bang them once in a while. But at AVN, you'd see everyone. You could talk to whoever you wanted. It was great. And mostly that socializing, because we're all at work on the floor. That's that's the time for the fans. We're not socializing during those times. We're working, and we're working hard. So the circle bars was the time that we could see everyone. Even if you didn't want to stay long on your way back to your room, hi, 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 one drink, you're back, even if you're like me and old and lazy. Um, but there's none of that. So this last AVN... Only saw the other predominantly women that were signing at the same booth that I was. And it's fine, but like, especially being contracted, which is such a blessing, I miss my friends. I miss a lot because every company has like its core people that they work with. And so there are people I haven't seen, and I literally mean this in years that I like love, but like not enough to have their phone number and go out to coffee. But like, I want to chat with them once in a while, you oh, yeah. know? I mean, that's not honestly why I went for the one day I went this year. Yeah. Like, I hadn't I been. see to, my friends. I hadn't been to ABN since 18. Like, oh, wow. Because pandemic. And- well, but even pre 19 and 20, it was just like, at the end of the day, thank you, ABN, for allowing me to come on a media badge every year. I love you guys. Mm-hmm. But I get shit content there. Like, doing this mm-hmm. there is just, it's bad. How come? I only get people for 10 to 15 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in a loud media room. Mm-hmm. This year was fun because I was pretty much just mugging to the people, like, hanging out in the media room, essentially doing a live podcast. That's but awesome. But at the end of the day, I only get people for 15, 20 minutes. It's not, like, it's not this. It's not the same as your normal podcast format, for sure. Right. It would be more of, like, an 
on the gun, like or out and about, like at the booth. But even that's tricky. It's loud and yeah. Oh, I don't even bother at the booth. It's like you got to come to the media room. I think, and I don't know if you need to have like pull for this, but the browsers who I signed for did have a small podcast appearance schedule for me and they'd come and they'd be like, okay, you're going right there for this podcast now. Okay. You're going right there for this podcast. So I think it might be possible to like pull girls occasionally. Well, no, I can definitely pull people, but yeah. it's only for like 10 or 15 minutes. That is correct. It was short. It was for like maybe 15 Which minutes. isn't this show. Not the same. It's not this show. It's not the same. You're like, not, you don't like have the time to just relax and start bullshitting. It would be like a question 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 right. question and that's not this show isn't like a question show right and i i did that at 17 and 18 like i did something like 12 shows at, at 17 like the varying lengths mm-hmm. at 18 i did i turned it into one like long episode oh that's that's interesting like the avn episode right. instead of like shree and so and so and so and so and then put timestamps for individual people Cute. okay and i asked people basically the same question but there you go. Now you're a questions podcast. Right. Which is like, my... I don't feel like you've asked me any, like, not no, like, we've had a conversation. Right. We're this not is a like a conversational show. Yeah. Like, We're both asking each other. Exactly. Questions. Yeah. The, audi- the idea is the audience overhears our conversation, not mm-hmm. just, I asked Sheree a bunch of questions. We didn't plan right. the talk about my ice vagina, believe it or not. I know. <laughs> that was all organic, folks. All organic. So my like, ice vagina will be organic, actually. Organic ice vagina? Yeah. It's going to be like humanely sourced ice. <laughs> no polar bears will be killed in the making of my ice creature. Maybe one or two penguins, but. Gasp. No. Can you hire penguins? No, that's not ethical. Sorry. Scratch that. But they're in little tuxedos. Ooh, I do now want penguin servers. <laughs> I don't think I can have that. <laughs> so what you should get is subs dressed as penguins. Latex penguins. I need that. <laughs> I need, and I want men. I don't even want women or non-binary people as penguins. I want men, but I only want their penguin suit. I want the sides to go all the way down, and like I want flippers that makes it hard for them to do their job, like oh, on purpose. And waddle. But I want the cock waddle. out. They got to waddle. They got to waddle. Yeah, they have to waddle, and their cock has to be out. And I might tie their feet together, and they're going to have latex on their arms. And if they drop anything, they're in big trouble. And in between serving drinks, they have to go sit on eggs because the male penguins yeah. sit on the eggs. Yeah, put them, balance them on their feet and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Back to the AVN content, real quick. Sorry, yeah, I just no, no tangents happen on the show. Latex penguins with their cocks out is definitely something I'm going to be thinking about four, later. Four months. You have four months to play at this party. Four months. Four months. Yeah, I, that's plenty of time. The, that's the plenty win- of time. The August winter wonderland. Yeah, my birthday is in August. Maybe I, you know, if she melts quickly, she melts quickly. It's fine. It's a so, you got to get it while it's hot, right? It's a Southern Hemisphere themed party because it's winter in the Southern Hemisphere in August. If you come after eight p.m., you're not going to get any badge, <laughs> which is like accurate at my house because normally I'm in bed by ten. So it's true. If you come after eight p.m., you're not getting any badge. It's true. <laughs> no one's banging me at two in the morning. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint my fans, but I am like an aggressive morning person. <laughs> You're the opposite. At 5 a.m. They may be begging you, but not two. Yeah. Like we could be like, if we were together, we'd be on opposite <laughs> schedules. Like we could bang when you're going to bed and I'm waking up. 
Yeah. Fair. fair. Yeah, because the morning sex is awesome. I agree. Are you groggy in the morning or do you like morning sex? I like morning sex. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Not everyone does. A lot of people are slow wake uppers. Uh, if it's a like, I'm not saying you won't have a boner. Like, I can use a morning boner, but I'm talking about like, is your brain with it? Do you have anything dirty to say to me? Like, are you there? I wake up like annoying. If I'm you, like, if you're waking I open me up, my eyes and I'm like, hi, let's have a real conversation. I'm really annoying. If you're waking me up for sex, I'll be there. If cool, you're cool, if cool, you're waking me up cool. to go to work, eh, fuck off. Cool. Okay, no, nobody wants. I'm not. I've never asked anyone to go to work in my life unless it's for sex, but that's different. <laughs> right, right. That's a whole different thing. We have so tangents off AVN. I'm, AVN, we got this. I'm gonna Come. reel it back. I'm gonna reel it back. I'm, I'm back. tough. Good luck. <laughs> I've done this once or twice, thankfully. See, I'm even rem- like ten minutes later remembering Good, what topic we were on. I did not. Thankfully, I'm the host, and I. Yeah, I can be irresponsible over here with my lovely whiskey. Mm-hmm. If you want more, feel free. I'm almost done. Once I finish this one, I'm going to request a fresh ice cube. That is more than fine. Oh, there is more fun. than one ice cube. Finish this AVN story, so, though. Yeah, AT and I just made an anthology of, and I asked, I thought was a, 17's question was, like, what was your wildest AVN moment fun like what you know at the convention whatever and some people had some really fun stories yeah 18 was like asking people what their acceptance speech was if they were going to win if they won an avn or not like oh, i wish people had better acceptance they are really silly part about that one is 18 is the year i ran on stage and bombed in front of the industry and i had nothing to say when i accepted the award Ooh, what'd you accept i must have been there best comedy when jews love black cock won i went up and bombed in front of the whole fucking industry I don't remember you bombing so that's great well, it's a really weird bombing because I'm bombing. I have nothing good to say. A bunch of my friends are going to be standing ovations from the orchestra pit because it's just like, because I was dressed like a fucking rabbi. Yeah. So yeah. Just, everyone's just like, holy fuck, Slayer. And I'm just like, I don't know what, what, Abella Danger, why are you not on stage right now? So you literally did not think you were going to have to give that speech. Well, because every other, every other like category where the whole cast went up. Sure. And we win. I start giving a standing ovation. Ike Diesel's sitting behind me and he's like, dude, you're in this movie. Go up. I'm like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes for those, I get shy and I'm like, is it going to take me too long to get to the stage when I'm such an ancillary player? But like, you did it. You got up there. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was the only one who got up there. No. Yeah. Have you not seen this footage? No. When we get off air, I'll show Although, you. Although like, I'm sure I was there. Why don't I remember? I don't know. But yeah, I was the only one who was. need to rewatch this. Yeah. I was the. Well, luckily, no one remembers your shame. Oh, some people do. Okay, I was trying to be nice. Some people do. Some people do. I don't remember your shame. So I get up there and they hand me the trophy because I'm expecting, like, a Bella's in the front row. She starred in the film. A bunch of other people that. Why did she not stand up? I don't know. I don't know. I need to ask her next time I see her. Let's call her. (laughs) Literally. Call her right now and ask her. Five years ago, Abella. Abella in 2018 when they called. That'd be a funny phone call. Well, and the best part is like, as I'm bobbing, I'm like, she's in the front row. I'm like shooting daggers at her with my eyes. Literally in the front, front row. row. Yeah. yeah, like, like, and laughing and clapping. I'm like, yeah. you're in this movie. I, I played your father. I had a non-sexual. Like, why are you not up here? Yeah. And like, I'm just kind of like. Oh, your dick wasn't even out in the film? I have never had sex on film. Not once. Is that true? That is true. My dick has never been on film. Not even in like OnlyFans. Not only even in OnlyFans. Clips for sale. Nothing. In ten plus years, I've managed to keep my dick off film. Wow, 
That's actually really impressive. I know. People keep saying Because I know people have asked to have your dick on film. Before. I know. I, I've, I have turned down actual sex. You really feel like a slut right now. Don't. You're like the least slutty person in this room. Oh, no. I, I put out on with the, film. I, I put out with I'm the, not saying you're not a whore in your private life. You are. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But like, wow. Because like, I, I don't know if the... So like for the people that are listening... OnlyFans kind of changed the game in terms of like needing dick all the time. So like anyone, I don't care if you show your face, if you don't show your face, I don't care anything about like dick has never been such a hot commodity. And you're like a trusted individual who's in porn. So like you're kind of like the perfect OnlyFans dick because if I'm being honest, unless you're like Johnny Sins or Dread. It doesn't really matter if you're a male performer. So like you have the top male performers and they'll sell really, really well for me. Then everyone else sells not well. Right. And then civ- civ- I know you're not like a civilian. And I say civilian because it just means non-porn right. person. We use the term so, like, here all the time. The stranger, civilian, not recognizable dick, if you right. want to say it that way, is like fucking gold. So I'm sure people are on your crotch all the time. It happens on occasion. Like I've had a couple of performers be like, I really want to fuck you, but only for my OnlyFans. And I'm like, nah, I'm cool then. Wow. Like, I've been like, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. And it's just a weird thing. Like, It's I'd, not your jam. Well, it's not even, it's not my you jam. You don't want to be used for your cum like a whore. I'm not even really, like, it, it's. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. It's just a weird, it's a weird situation now. I'm going to finish the ABN story real quick, and then we're going to come back to this. Oh, my God. I forgot again. It, Good it's, Lord. I've done this once or twice, thankfully. So. Uh, bombed, all that fun shit. Yeah. I've ended my speech with, where the fuck is Joanna Angel? Yeah. Joanna eventually makes, because she was at a table on the way back. She eventually makes, she eventually makes her way to the stage, gives her actual fucking speech, and then Mm -hmm. we go backstage where Joanna's a little angry at me. Why? In the moment, she felt like I kind of shat on her spotlight. But she wasn't up there. What? Yeah, I know. And the, the really the really ironic part is we had done a podcast before ABN and she's like, oh, yeah, if we win, you can go up. Huh. Was she really mad, though? She was over it like a day later. Oh, OK, good. But in the moment, she was pretty fucking pissed at me. Oh, my God. And I, I saw it. and I just like she's doing like the, the you know, you do the backstage pictures. with yeah, the, yeah, And I'm like, I got the fuck out of the way of that. Right, right. Of like, course. For the backstage interview, I tried not. Was she the director or the main character? Both. Mm, like. Mm-hmm. For the backstage interview, I tried not to actually be part of the interview. I just like they forced me on mic for it. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, and I just gave Joanna that all the credit. Yeah, 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 Joanna. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, ooh, I may have fucked up here. Ooh, but they're like, you're right. Usually, like the whole cast goes up, like 10, 20, 30 people. I'm sorry that you got left up there all on your own. I mean, it, it's pretty funny, and of course, 18 is the first year that they live streamed ABN. So BA's publicist is blowing up my phone while I'm backstage. Oh, my God. Really? Like, what the fuck was that? What do you mean? What the fuck? I, I don't know. I just got up. I mean, how many seconds or minutes were you up there before anyone else got up there? Oh, probably a good 30, 45 seconds. Because there was definitely a point where I turned to the presenters like, the fuck am I else am I supposed what to do? What am I supposed to do? Yeah, what and that's why I turned to the mic like, where the fuck is Joanna Angel? Like, because I. Okay. So, yeah, you're like, Joanna, <laughs> come on up. Like yeah. she was just making. Abella, the, come on up. Joanna was just glad handing her way like from the back. Unfortunately, right? Yeah, fine. Like struggling her way up. Yeah, it was. They should make sure that everyone that's going to win is in the first couple rows. Well, as as Peter Warren stated, because they can't tell you if you're going to win or not. Right. Joanna well, asked him, like, kind of like telling you if you're going to win. Yeah, Joanna's like, should I be sitting in front? He's like, I can't tell you. And like, 
of course. You so she's sitting at a table in the yeah. way back, and I, like I was third, I was literally third row center in the orchestra pit. So it was easy for you. And in my mind, I walked up there calmly. If you look at the footage, I ran on stage. Did you? Really? <laughs> Apparently, I no. like I felt I was like uh, I, no, I'm holding onto my fucking hat and like beelining it up the fucking oh, stage. No. I was just like because uh. thankfully when it made it to showtime. They edited the fuck around me. Like, right, right, Like, there's right, footage right. of me running up the stage, and then it cuts to Joanna walking on stage, me handing her the award in her. Well, that's interesting. So, is Showtime's footage live or edited? That's the edited footage. The live footage very much had me on stage and bombing. Where does the live footage go? Showtime? It was being streamed on AVN.com that year. Oh, okay. So, by the time it gets to Showtime, how many hours or days later is it? Six months. Six months? Oh, yeah. Has this AVN aired? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like Howard Stern had a clip of my acceptance speech on. <laughs> but yeah. I was the Meryl Streep of incest, so you know. Oh, Thanks, wow. Howard. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. The- my PR guy is like, well, <laughs> you got on Howard Stern, but. <laughs> so no, bummer that he- they did say some nice things, so that was good. It's a bummer that they didn't actually have you on to talk about it. Wouldn't that be nice? They used to have porn girls on all the time, but I've never been invited. Mm. Boo. Boo. Come on, Howard Stern. Help me on. <laughs> but, and we're going to now fast forward back to the OnlyFans thing that we, yeah. like, we segued back to ABN. And, yeah, how everyone must be on your jock. So it's OnlyFans one, dick. It's one of those things where, like, at this point, I don't even consciously know why I say no. Well, if it's not in your heart, you should say no. You should never say yes to anything you're not, like feeling enthusiastically especially when it comes to sex but i have to like examine why i'm not enthusiastic about because it started off with as i got in there was only studio work and i never wanted to be male talent i don't think i could do be studio male talent oh i think gosh i hope this doesn't sound messed up i think it takes a certain personality type it's not even about like the size of your penis or blah 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 whatever like all of those things are factors but I think the main factor is a personality factor. And I don't think it's offensive to say that you don't have that personality. No, oh, no, not at all. I, hell, I know. I know it goes into the job. Like, mm-hmm. I know that I... It's a hard game when the woman may, may not be your type. Like, may not be into you at all. And they might be obviously not into you. And they might have poor hygiene or they might be crying on the phone. They might be doing whatever it is that turns you off. And yet you still have to perform with them. As I like to say, like there's just something in male talent's brain where like, you be like, yo, go fuck that brick wall. They're like, I'm, I'm going to go fuck that. I'll go fuck and that brick can wall. can do it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I've had sex in public before, but there's been times where it's like, oh, this was really hot and it worked really well. There was other times where like, I was pushing rope mm-hmm. and like, I eventually got there, but not in a film production ready type. Right. And then like you're saying the right things and you're posing the right way and you're open the right way and all these other like distracting and or uncomfortable things in conjunction with that. Right. It's like I enjoy sex quite a bit, but I also like to choose who I have sex with. I often make really bad decisions. But But still, and and in my private life, I like to have sex for however long I want to have sex for. And I, I come really quickly and sometimes I'm a one and done girl. And I might only want to have, I know this is crazy, but like five minutes of sex. Sometimes I might want to have an hour of sex or two hours of sex. But a lot of times I want to have a short amount of sex. Right. And that's not appropriate for film. Right. There's so much artificial that goes into it. And it's just like, at the end of the day, when I got in, because it was only studio work, male talent didn't really get to pick who they worked with. No. And even 
It's getting a little better now, but only for the top guys. You don't really get to pick. Right. So, like, as I said, I like to pick who I have sex with. I often make really bad choices, but I made those choices. Yeah. So there's so many years of, like, this is not what I'm here to do. This is not what I'm into. And on top of it, up until 2018, I had civilian day jobs. Yeah. So, like... So it wasn't an option to show your face on film. Well, and... I definitely performed in non-sexuals, like, while having those civilian jobs. Still but, like, not the same, but yeah. It was also a lot of, like, I was working security or a private investigator. A lot of, like, male-centric Joe jobs where, like, mm-hmm. my bosses thought it was pretty cool. Right, right. They'd be like, yeah, bro. Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Oh, cool, man. But I bet all... there's some nice titties on set. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a whole other story when it's like, oh, that's it. you actually fucking on film. Right. Yeah. It is a different stigma. Although a friend of mine, um, just to show you how deep the sex worker stigma is, is a university professor and was um, thinking of switching jobs. I'm not even going to say because I'm not trying to dox this person, but was switching jobs, uh, applied to a job at a different university and was far along in the process when they realized they had done some um, sexual podcast or podcast that had sex information in them not even like we're doing like bullshitting and talking about cunts but like oh good i'm glad i didn't ruin their career no no no. had like inform like good medical information about sex oh you're saying this isn't good medical information about sex on this show well my ice luge was good medical information even though i was going to turn her upside down it was still good yeah and he didn't get the job because of it so like even if you're like sex worker adjacent 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 it can harm your career 100 and it's one of those things where like because it's been five years since I've had worked for anyone but myself. Mm. It's like, oh, well, I don't have to worry about that anymore. And like, I probably could comfortably perform with someone on OnlyFans, but it's so many years of saying no, just defaultly saying no. Right. That's like, what, what if you like found like one human that you liked and you like had a joint OnlyFans? Maybe. Maybe. Would uh, you show your face? I mean, I have I have very distinct tattoos, so there's no point in not doing it. Yeah, you might as well show your face. Like, I have an NC-17 tattoo on my chest, so. I love that. That's amazing. You should change it to XXX, though, if you start OnlyFans. No. No? This is a legitimate film rating. Film XXX doesn't exist. XXX is just marketing. Wait, what? The Motion Picture Association of America does not rate pornography. So Wait, tri- what? Yeah. You just, okay. I gotta, like, take a, Wait. So what are the real film ratings? So, I'm grabbing my breasts. I'm so upset. I'm so upset. I'm comforting myself with my tits. So X used to be a real rating. It's like, not. What would X be? X is now at NC-17. Okay. What can you see in NC-17? So like the director's cut of Natural Born Killers is NC-17. Okay. Okay. Um, Showgirls is NC-17. Okay. So you don't have to be 18 to see it. Correct. Okay. It's technically you only have to be 16 to see a rated R movie. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Okay. Okay. They replaced X at some point with NC-17. And NC-17 is the top tier of... Ba- like, raunchy. Of, but, uh, of an actually Motion Picture Association of America rated movie. Why don't movie. they rate porn? Because you have to submit it to the Academy to be rated. Really? You can't just be like, dick in vagina, this is triple X. I mean, we have branded it ourselves that way. Really? But the, there is no... So there's ri- no double X? What's no. softcore? Generally rated R. 
Softcore, sorry, I'm screaming into the mic. Softcore's rated R. Or or unrated. If it was un, Technically, all pornography is unrated because it was none of it's been submitted to a ratings board. We as marketing, because X was the top tier, started calling it triple X. If X is the best, we should add a few more Xs. Exactly. Why don't we have like quad X? We could. Shreedaville's quad X. X. <laughs> X cubed. X cubed. Wow. So triple X is just like nebulous. Yeah. When, what decade, in what decade did we start saying we were triple X? Where like on camera penis, well, that's a good question. What about two women though? Still triple X. So if you can, but like in Porky's, I can see full bush. But you're not seeing a vulva. You're not. Okay. So like, what's the line? If I was just spread wide open and then I close my legs right away and continued with my dialogue, what would that movie be? Potentially rated R. R. Basic Instinct. Like, see Basic basic Instinct. Could you see up? You can see Sharon Stone's fucking lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just rated R. Because a lot of it is also intent. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So if you were masturbating, what would it be? Well, I mean, people masturbate squiggly lines at points, so that's not a good gauge. No, I mean, like, if I was masturbating on film, would it be... How how graphic is it? Because... That's true. I've seen people masturbating on Netflix. Right. Through their panties. I was watching... I have, like, a makeup show, like a boring... I shouldn't say boring, but, like, an easy-to-watch show where you can miss most of it and it's fine while I put on my makeup. And I was watching... um, It's either, like, Sex Life or Sex Something... And it's just like softcore porn. The whole Netflix show is softcore porn. And there are, you don't see any dicks, but you see her masturbating under her panties and you, like, it looks like she's actually touching herself. It's hot. I'm trying to see what, uh, what American Pie was rated because Jason mm-hmm. Biggs definitely. And what about like floppy wieners, like Game of Thrones, like floppy wieners? But that's television. That's not movies. Those aren't rated the same way. Could you fuck on a television show and have it be fine? Well, but who's going to air it? They you... air softcore. Yeah, but that's... Titties are okay. Asses are okay. Right. Floppy wieners, I guess, are okay. Have you seen Euphoria? Yeah. There's are definitely there... erect penises in Euphoria. There's like erect penis in Euphoria? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to watch more episodes. Now, here's a disturbing question. Isn't Euphoria about, like, high school? Who's erect penis, isn't it? Uh, one of the characters' fathers. Okay, fine. They're not with a young person, are they? Uh, unfortunately, they are. What the fuck is that? Unknowingly. Unknowingly. So, spoilers for season one, if no one's watched season one of Euphoria, mm-hmm. there is a point where one of the trans characters is... Oh, wait, I did see that. I didn't realize that there was an erect penis. It's, it's, not, it's not quite blurred, but it's... It was definitely there. It was interesting. So that person had to get an erection. Or they put a prosthetic on. Okay, a prosthetic. How old was the actress? Uh, Hunter is, I believe, 18 or 19. Okay, at least she's overage. Because, like, that's disturbing if the person was actually young, even if it was a prosthetic. Like, ugh. Well, there's no guarantee that they're actually in the same room for the scene Though it's on okay, camera. that's also true. I'm just feeling disturbed. Oh, right now. Uh, Hunter Schaefer is 24. Oh, thank God. Okay. Now, she was probably, you know, 
22 or 21. But still, like, yeah, not mostly a, adult. Not a child. Yeah, yeah. Not like a high school child. Yeah. Right. Jesus. But there's no guarantee that these people were actually in the same room. Like, Good. It, I'm just wondering. There's so much more editing that goes into so, mainstream. <laughs> so many good laws and adult, like, really obvious ones. Like, you can't be under 18. And then you see these fantasies portrayed on television. Like, okay, granted, it sounds like the actors and actresses and non-binary people are over 18, but they're playing children. Yeah. And then we're watching them in sexual situations. That just seems... Yeah, it's not good. I mean, but it's also the intent of the art. The intent of the art for what we create is sexual gratification, right? So you're telling me people aren't jerking off to those euphoria scenes? I'm not saying that. I'm saying the intent of it. Because, like, I jerked off to the Princess Bride when I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? Like, people are jerking off to everything. You jerked off to a rodent of an unnatural did size? Jerk off to the Princess Bride? Did you ever jerk off to the Princess Bride? I did not. Andre the Giant isn't my jam. Okay. Who is the lady? That's Robin Penn. Oh, Robin Wright. Mm. Then Robin Wright Penn, technically. Yeah, mostly her, but specifically, like, like uh, she's gorgeous, and then, like, I don't know if I was her or if I was the Wesley character or if I was like both, but like there was like a rescuing theme that really spoke to me in that. So it was definitely, definitely masturbation fodder. Oh, yeah. The rodents of unusual size didn't really play into it much, but overall, good movie for masturbation. <laughs> I was just throwing out random things. <laughs> make it weird. Just Can make I, it weird. Can I please have another ice cube? Yes, we will. Be back in a moment. Be back in a moment. And we're back. We have we're ice back. cubes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, with the pop culture, like the intent of what we make is sexual gratification. Yes, people can masturbate to anything. I understand. But if you're showing something that's highly sexual on television, what else is it? But it's not the whole thing. It's part of the story. Okay. Well, you could say that sex is part of the story in our features. I'm just doing this as the devil's advocate. Of course, here. of course. But all in all, the features lead to sex. Mm-hmm. Where in something like Euphoria, that that sexual situation was a traumatic event, really. Yes. And that is... Which is there. what I love masturbating to. Good on you. <laughs> but that was there for character development and character background. Yes. But there was other sex in that show and other shows that portray people who are supposed to be of a disturbing age you know and all the way to soft core not just implying that these people are having a relationship but showing grinding and breasts and buttocks i know of so, people who so these, are of age but who are supposed to not be of age like how how is that okay it skirts a line it definitely skirts a line i'm gonna and, cre- again, I'm, I, gonna, and I'm gonna creepily say that sydney sweeney has really great press sure 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 like I'm just saying, like, it's interesting how appalled people are when I do a scene as a teacher with a student, right, where there are implications, okay? But are they being outraged just to be outraged, or are they actually outraged? I don't know. People are outraged enough to attempt to pass legislation to stop us. Right, but also, are they trying to pass legislation to stop us because— their community, their you know, societal norms say this is the right thing to do, even though they're in private consuming the shit. 
You know, that is such an interesting... Who in private isn't? Red states are number one for consumption. Oh, I know. And I love... You know, hate the tube sites all you want. But one of my favorite things every year is when Pornhub comes out with all of their like analytics statements, but the fun ones, the ones meant for the public, you know what I mean? And they show like what keywords were searched most in what states. And like the more conservative the state or city, the more fucking outrageous the keyword is. And that just shows like it doesn't work. The more you try and push it away from people, the fucking freakier they get. And I'm so here. Like, the best swingers clubs I've ever been to were in the South. You know what I mean? In the more conservative areas. Some of the best strip clubs in the country are in the South. I make the most money in random places. Like, I'll go to Vegas and New York, and you make good money, and the clientele's all, like, poshly dressed and all this stuff, and you're fine. But, like, if a bunch of bitches don't have all their teeth, I know I'm going to come home with a fucking fortune. And I don't care if it's all what you might say, like, working class or whatever, like, people are spending money in those places. Their money spends the same. Yeah. I, I prefer going to the more dive bar-esque places, not just because I make more money, because people aren't as, like, um, like trying to, like, play. Like, I'm just here with my boys. I'm barely even watching the dancer. Like, why are you here then? Do you know what I mean? Like, all the pretense is gone. They're just joyfully watching you. And, like, I want to be joyfully watched. I'm performing for you. I'm loving it. I'm having the time of my life. And if you're half ignoring me because you think it's cool, stop right now. See, I have a theory that sex work is really a holdup for the middle class. Hmm. The lower income, lower class, quote, lower class people are working too hard to actually give a fuck about what sex workers are doing with their lives. Hmm. They want the release. They need the release. The upper class, they obviously all indulge. Who else is paying? Oh, yeah. The upper class. I mean, all of my friends. Like, we could make... Between the two of us, we know in-person sex workers that have had sex with every congressman, every senator, like, every famous person. Like, it's just all of the rich people. I mean, I definitely know... All of the rich people. I know someone who's definitely making 50000 a night as an in-person... Absolutely. So, like, they don't care mm-hmm. it is middle the middle class yeah who has enough time in their hands to try to fucking do something in the world whatever however misguided it is that has been led to believe that this is a problem yeah and led to believe a lot of times by religion that's entire purpose is population control right so it totally makes sense the people at the top are not going to listen to the population control they're at the top they can do whatever they want the people in the middle are beholden to the population control because they're trying so hard. And like you said, the people that are the least fortunate have their own fucking problems to deal with. Right. And the people at the top to try to placate and stay on top and manipulate the people in the and middle. Manipulate. It's the manipulation. Right. Yes. Manipulate the people in the middle, do things to try to placate them. Well, they have to. Right. I mean, if 90% of the people had an uprising, the rich wouldn't be allowed to be rich anymore. They have to do something to keep their status and position, which is control. Right. So why not lean into what these people are may not even fucking believe in a lot of cases, mm. but their neighbors. It's like showing good face. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We shouldn't do that. 
Oh, save those poor whores from themselves. Well, like, I grew up lower middle class. And one of the things that, like, stuck with me that my father said to me at one point when I was younger is like, oh, watching porn isn't wrong, but masturbating to it is. Interesting. Why do you think you felt that way? I have no fucking idea. Like, it's like. How can you watch it without masturbating? For the lighting and the art? I don't fucking know. No, but I mean, like, what do you do with your hard dick? I don't know. Like, I. And then if you didn't want a hard dick, like, maybe you shouldn't watch it because that sounds like torture. Right. I I don't know. I don't understand. Like, I, as an adult. Interesting message. Yeah. It's just like, I I think it was expressed as like, oh, well, you're a pervert if you masturbate to it. It's okay to watch it. And what's a pervert? What does that mean? Right. But like, what does that mean about you? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? And this is a man who like. At, in his youth, was like a door-to-door cut-code knife salesman, and apparently at points in his life, traded cut-code knives for sexual favors, so. Fuck yeah. Like. Ooh, that'd be nice if you get a, get a whole set of nice knives for a blowjob or something. Yeah. I would definitely do that. If I was like He's a dead, I'm sorry. or lower-class housewife, and like I could not afford good knives, I would definitely, I get a vacuum, I get a cut-code like, you're coming to my door with some appliance that I need to make my life easier, and I can give you, like, a 10-minute blow? Yes. Apparently, ever long. Apparently, in the you know, late 60s, early 70s, everyone won in that situation. Yeah, yeah, but that sounds good. It's like, it, it's, I think it was one of those things that, I don't think he actually believed that shit. I think it was just something. Something you think you should tell your son. Right. Isn't that sad that you can't even have like a heartful, honest conversation because society is like, oh, can't tell your kids that. Then you're a bad dad. Right. You know? But yeah. that's middle class. Like That was. Yeah. So like, and it took me being in the industry and being around actual sex workers to like really have my eyes open to like the lower and upper class part, not giving a fuck because being raised middle class, like, oh no, well, I thought everyone thought that like. Well, it's a lot of stuff because I was raised middle class as well. And it's an interesting culture of so much value being placed on your work ethic that only goes to other people's products. Yep. And the insane amount of hard work, passion, tears, years of your life that you'll give to other people's projects. But if the middle class didn't have that as a core value, everyone would be fucked. Well, and the thing about it is we are kind of transitioning to everyone being fucked. I have noticed that. I feel like Gen Z is not playing ball with that ideology. But, like, I absorbed it like a sponge. Like, I absorbed it. I felt it. I was a good worker bee for years. I was 32 when I first started my independent business as a pornographer. You know, I was somebody else's bitch for that whole time. I walked the path. I got my doctorate. I worked for someone else. I did all that stuff. And I did it with every ounce of myself until I opened my eyes and I'm like, I can fucking work for my, I can do whatever I want. Like, this is my, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, I, what I, the fuck are you doing? I'm right there with you. I Live. Was, I was 37 before I stopped working for other people. Yeah. Like, I had started multiple failed businesses. And part of the, I mean, some of them just failed because of bad management on my part. Failures are not failures, though. Failures no, no, they're, they're definitely learning, learning experiences. experiences. But I think some of them may have been more successful if I had put more skin in the game. Mm. Like, it was like, even doing this for the first, what, I've 
eight years? Fucking seven, eight years of this? Putting skin in the game is scary, though. It is. It is. I've done it. I've done it multiple times, but it like takes a little part of your gut. Yeah. I mean, it literally what really took me putting into being working for myself full time was getting fired from my last PI gig. And I'm just like, I don't really want to do this anymore. But the world tells you you can't. The world tells you you should work for other people, but like, I want to be the other people. Fuck that. Right. Fuck what you guys are telling me. Like, I'm just as smart and capable and hardworking and passionate as everybody else. I don't need to be a worker bee. Well, in, in all reality, in some situations, I'm smarter than that. Well, I wasn't going to guess. You obviously have a very high IQ, but even people with a regular IQ don't have to be like strapped down to that mentality. We're all wonderful, beautiful humans with unique ideas. The problem is society does need those people. It does need some of those people, right? And that's the problem. Isn't that sad? It is, but... That that like religion and all of those other things that keep people down are kind of necessary so that like stuff happens without people getting totally depressed. Well, just look at during the pandemic. You have to believe there's an afterlife. Otherwise... If you truly knew there was no afterlife, you would have to live your life every day the way you wanted it to. And not everyone can live their life every day they want it to. So without that goal, you'd have too many completely disenfranchised people. Could you imagine getting up and going to fucking, no shade to the Ralph's employees, but could you imagine getting up? It's hard work. That's what it is. Getting up every day and dealing with the entitled cunts in LA for, especially during the pandemic, where it's like, this could be killing wage. For that wage, could be killing me. You die and you're being yelled at by people who are being stressed out for reasons that, like, aren't even as stressful as your life and you can't even talk back to them. Those are the heroes. Right. Any service worker during the pandemic are my motherfucking heroes. You kept me alive. With food, with services, with everything, and you got fucking shit on, which is so unfair. Right. And, but if everyone said, fuck it, I'm going to pursue my dreams. A lot of people did. A lot, a lot of people aren't returning to the workforce. A lot of people are saying, fuck it. And the people that do have jobs for other people are saying, you know what? I'm going to do my job, but I'm not going to give you my life anymore. Right. For the gold watch after 50 years. I'm not going to give every ounce of my intelligence and my service and my body to your brand anymore. Yeah. So what happens to society as that goes on? And then you add in with the, the Gen Z and like. Well, what happens to society is really different questions around the world because the United uh, States. American is society. A, okay. So the United States is actually in, in my opinion, sort of a privileged position We've been able to survive unlike, you know, because we went through the Industrial Revolution. We went through having factories. We did all those things. And now I think not everybody, but there's a large group of people who can kind of work in a way like we do globally. Like your podcast goes out globally. My porn goes out globally, right? Right. So we as a society have built ourselves up to a place where a lot of our citizens can work in those higher level jobs. But Just because the culture of the world is changing here, a lot of other countries are where we were 10, 20, 30, 40, 80 years ago. 
which just makes me think of like how pretentious it is that, of course, I care about the environment and I think it's terrible that we're ruining it. But you do see that the United States is trying to make other nations that are going through the high polluting industrial revolution that we had the privilege of going through. They're saying, well, you can't do that because it's going to, and it is going to ruin the world. But like, we're saying that from this grotesque well, privilege. And we're tradition. also still doing it. Well, y- yes, but we're doing it like as, 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 as we back off from it because we have money and infrastructure, well, we're, we're not, like, well, you have to too. We're not backing off from it that hard. The U.S. military is one of the largest polluters in the world. Is it really? That's disgusting. Yeah. Worldwide or just in the United States? The world. No, I believe you. You're good at facts. Yeah. It's. But I just think it's really. It's like such a Karen move to be like, well, I built this treehouse and now nobody else can come in. But on the flip side of that, at the time of the Industrial Revolution, we didn't know the environmental impacts. Yes, it's very valid. And we are going to destroy the world. But. What would happen right now if the countries that are barely making it have to do it in a perfect environmental way? Like, let's just be realistic for a second. U.S. consumer goods would go up in cost. Well, that's fine. I'm fine with that. But like, well, the problem is- would also destroy their countries. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Obviously, this is not sucking dick. Is my area of expertise. I mean, if the, you want to talk about sucking dick, I'm going to talk with authority. However, when I talk about <laughs> the, the thing about it is like a lot of these goods are consu- are created for us and other Western countries. Ooh, you know what? That's a really good point. So yeah, if, so fuck us, right? right? Yeah. So why? So in a way, we're creating that pollution, right? We just all we just offshored mm, that shit. We offshored our pollution. Gross, right? And the thing it about it is, is our fault. We're gross. We knew that, though. We, we knew that. I mean, but we knew that about other reasons. And whilst being gross, we're trying to tell them not to be gross. Yeah. Mm, shame on us. Yeah. If okay, how many? Like, I I could Google it, but how many consumer goods created in China, Taiwan, come west? All of them. Right. Every, this cup. <laughs> your whiskey. Well, that came west by me, but still. Still, <laughs> probably your hat. <laughs> probably, probably, and it's one of those things where, like, this is American made, and it was like hundred dollars, right? Because we have to pay American wages. Yeah. If we wanted them to do it cleanly, we would have to pay effectively American wages in these other countries. Mm-hmm. Well, you may be in a privileged position where you could afford to do that, but our Ralphs employees certainly can't. Are you going to now deny our Ralphs employee their iPhone? Well, see, that, that's the other thing. Don't you feel like it's the rich white people who are like, oh, well, you should only buy the best. And like in the meantime, like how the fuck are you going to afford to feed your goddamn family? Right. Like let's get realistic here. Well, you, know, you shouldn't shop at so-and-so. You should. It's cheaper. And I have five children. Well, so eat a dick. And on top of it. I thought this is capitalism. I thought the free market was correct. Mm, yeah, it doesn't, though, does it? Oh, yeah, it's correct. I'm going where it's cheap because that's what I can fucking afford. Yeah. I can't afford Irwan. Yeah. It, it, it corrects for certain things, but it certainly doesn't correct for ethics, does it? Oh, no. Ethics yeah. is not where it's correctable. Like, that's why we need some regulation because otherwise motherfuckers would be like, oh, well, if I cut this wine with 
antifreeze, I can make more of it and sell more of it. Uh, if I kill a couple people, meh. When I was young and idealistic and I thought humans were like inherently good, I was super libertarian because I felt like if you just let me, like as a me, as an ethical me, do whatever I want, I wouldn't fuck it up. So why do we need a nanny, right, to regulate us? And then I got older and realized that like a lot of people are genuinely dark and we do need regulations because they will fuck us all. Right. And Which is sad though because like the libertarian viewpoint is like beautiful, but it's slightly naive because we're not good enough. And the best part is anecdotally that proves everything I say about almost every libertarian I know mm. that they're some of the best people I know. Right. Because, like, if everyone was like me, it wouldn't be a fucked up planet. Right. But, like, that is not reality. I mean, we had a kind of conversation about that before we got on air. It was just like, that person didn't pay you for your time? Gross. Ethically. It's not illegal. Right. There was no contract. Nobody said they had to. But, like, what does your stomach tell you? Right. Ethics. Internal ethics. Ethics that come even if nobody's watching. Nobody's there. Nobody's going to catch you. Nobody's going to say anything if you do or don't. And you still do it. Right. And that's why, like, when people make the argument, like, oh, that was legal or illegal. Laws. Legal and illegal. Laws are not ethical. No. At one point, it was legal to own people. Yeah. Not ethically right. Not ethical. Right. Legal. Exactly. And there's all, I mean, and just, like, the loopholes and the convoluted nature of the law, like, Internal ethics is honestly one of the things I look for in a human, in a human friend, in a human partner, because it's shockingly rare. It's usually um, punishment-based ethics, ethics that go along with being caught. Sky uh, Daddy punishing me in the afterlife. Being Yeah, whether it's Sky Daddy, whether it's the police, whether it's being caught by your lover, whether it's, it's a consequential-based ethics, and I think that's fucking gross. It is, but it's how most society works. I know, and it's scary. And when I realized that is when I realized we actually really, really, really do need all the regulations to pull people back because they will do crazy shit that will hurt other people. The problem is the regulations and the laws are not applied evenly. No, and because why? Because they're created by, like, like... (laughs) Every, like, bill that goes in, like, just the fact that they're like, oh, this is a bill about everyone being allowed to drink whiskey. Great. On page 500 of that bill, it also allowed all people to wear, do you know what I mean? Like, it has, like, irrelevant shit, and then, like, if you don't sign it, it starts over, so there's all this pressure, and, like, it's just full chaos. And a lot of it is just voting on party lines, no matter what. Well, especially now. Not not through my whole life. I mean, there was always some of that, but there was people who would cross over back and forth, but things have never been so clearly and definitively divided. Like, I had so many friends from a variety of political parties before, and I find myself skewing more away from that than I ever have in my life, which is not me. Like, normally, like, I love hearing viewpoints. I love hearing people on the other side. It won't be my basis of friendship, but the parties have gotten dark both you know in their own ways it's bad it's just and it's such blind tribalism like tribalism it's 
people are just like on both sides. Yeah, like are, are you with us? Are you with them? It's like, well, I actually would like to hear what you have to say about I'd the like topic to hear at hand. Both, and I'm a moderate individual, and like, but that's a dirty word too. It's a very dirty word, you know. And and back in my early twenties, I could say, well, I'm socially liberal but I'm economically conservative. But like, I don't even think that that's a part. And then for a while in like my mid twenties, I'm like, well, I'm libertarian. I'm neither. And now I'm like, fucking shit. Everyone's crazy. Now I'm at the point where no matter how much it hurts my pocket, the social shit for me, everyone's different, but the social shit for me is so overwhelming that I have to turn my back on some of the banal tax things and like money things that I would have been passionate about earlier because the social injustice is so grotesque that it's not palatable to me. Well, and some of that stuff that people get really upset about, like universal health care and shit like that, it's like, mm. well, your lot in life's not guaranteed. Why would you not want a safety net? Yeah. Like, okay, yes, I'm going to have to pay a lot more in fucking taxes for this to happen. Especially if you're a fucking breeder. Your kid may not have the job that you have that gives you good insurance. Don't you want your kid to be taken care of? And it's just cruel. It's just cruel the way I am a physical therapist and I did a couple of my internships in lower end um, Medicaid, which is government supported nursing homes. And like, it's a dark place to be in the United States. It's not something I would wish on anybody. People with bed sores that are preventable because they just didn't have the staff to turn you, to, to even turn your body. You are being moved so little that parts of you are rotting. Like, what the, f- we're in the United States? What the fuck is that? People are dying because they're, I mean, t- I, the word unacceptable does not encompass the level of. I mean, homes in general are just bad news. And these are like, you know, especially when I was younger, these are like veterans. You know, these are people who fought for us. These are that we have our a social contract elders. With. These are the people that paved the way for us. And we had a social contract with them that says, "Hey, if you go and potentially lay your life down on the line and definitely some, suffer some fucking trauma for this country, horrible trauma, we're going to take care of you." And we did not. And we continue not to. Yeah. And like I've seen it first fucking hand and it's yeah that was that was one of the internships i cried a lot i can imagine I cried a lot and like, like i just couldn't stand seeing you know, I, I think after a time a lot of the staff dehumanizes the people that stay there because if you didn't you would die now on the inside does that happen with other medical professionals in just normal medicine too yeah, you have to dehumanize a little bit. Like, like say you're a surgeon, you can't get wrapped up in the drama because you have to focus on your job. And that's sort of an okay amount of dissociation. But like, there has to be a balance. You know what I mean? To where if you're seeing like massive human rights violations, you can't, just can't continuously be okay with it. You know what I mean? And even the slight like, ones are okay. No, nothing's okay. But like, that was one of my problems as a physical therapist. Like, I would just spend so much of my time, especially when I was doing home health on the phone, fighting and crying and screaming at insurance companies to get the basic necessities for my patients. And I'm like, like, sex work is so much more mentally healthy than like 
the trauma I would go through trying to care for people who didn't have money. You know what I mean? Trying to fight for people who didn't have money was massively emotionally distressing. Never mind the physical toll it was taking on my body doing that job. Like, this is a easier job with more autonomy, with less human rights violations than any part of the medical field I've ever been associated with. And what's fucked is, as more and more good people like you decide to get the fuck out because of the toll, yeah. there are going to be less people to actually fucking stand up for those people. I actually think about stuff like that, and it still makes me feel guilty to this day. I mean, unfortunately, there's... Because it was a very selfish choice to be a pornographer. It's, this is my life of self-love. This is my life of me. This but, is like Cherie's world of like, like that L.A., like me, me, me vibe at, in some way because I was raised by my family to be a really selfless person, but he was eating me alive. But at the end of the day, this is the only life you fucking get. I know, but I hear, I hear both sides of it because like my family would say a life well lived is a life serving others. Right. And, and that's I, some middle class indoctrination right there. No, I clearly know that it is. And like, and I, <laughs> but I still fight with it because sometimes those voices that go so deep inside you as a child become internal and it's hard for you to even logically like get past them. Right. Well, yeah, and I have, and I'm working toward it. Like I am actively doing what I want to do, but fuck, you know, well, what I mean? and especially as a child. The voice of your parents and your family is essentially the God. voice of God. Yeah. yeah. That is how you should be. You should be selfless and you should dedicate your profession to helping humankind above yourself. Yeah. And, and I understand people love wanking to my material, but that's a different thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Yeah. But also at the age right now, we're like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm halfway done. I'm more than halfway done. But probably. not even just being halfway done. How old were your parents when they had you? 30. 30. So you are nine and 30. Right. So you are of the age now where you were a teenager mm -hmm. when they were this age. Do you think you have all the fucking answers now? Yeah. Not, none of them. Right. Not one goddamn answer. Right. Yeah. Right. Isn't that a, a funny thing to like look back on and be like, I was X age when the, excuse me, I keep hiccuping because of this damn alcohol. I was X age and they were this age. I'm like, man, what would I say? And like, even trying to like, be a good aunt to my nieces and like trying to like bring that like we were playing like uh they were helping me build my lego bowser which is just so cute and like you know mistakes happen and trying to be like you know mistakes are the way we learn it's going to be really fun to take that part apart and we're going to learn to build it better and it's going to make a beautiful bowser and like there's no shit like just trying to like almost like parent my inner child you know what i mean like to do all the things that that are going to hopefully set them up to like be happy with mistakes, be happy with failures, see them as opportunities, like all those things we try and pass on, you know, to our next generation. Right. But we're still very fallible human beings. I'm, yeah, I'm very fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. But not because like, oh, I'm such a like crazy, you know, but we all are. Like I'm learning Every every year, I'm like, damn, that bitch from last year was crazy. You know, like every year I really strive to do better at some of the things that I'm noticing are lacking. But then you notice other, and you're like, oh, my God, I've been doing that for 30 years. I've been doing that for 40 years. Well, yeah. I've been doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I will freely admit, like, getting involved with porn, getting involved with sex work definitely improved my life on the fact that, like, I was working like as a security contractor in my early twenties. 
And I was probably like, not even probably, I was definitely a misogynist piece of shit at times. Like, cause that was the environment of my peers. That was the culture. Right. Like you and I are a similar age and I was fully and still am partially indoctrinated into that male driven misogynistic culture and, and where my value stands in that. I mean, I very much remember at like 23 or 24, like one of the, you know, I worked on an armored car company. Like I, Mm-hmm. delivered money on bank trucks very masculine yeah like it is and it was a bunch of young dudes that mm-hmm. like worked there and one of the tellers came to like one of the house parties we threw on a weekend and like mm-hmm. ended up banging one of the dudes and like she was forever known as that it was harris bank is the bank she, ordered. Sure. she was forever known as jen the harris whore like for having sex with one person at a party right where i'm sure the men could have done similar things and been praised oh dude the dude was fucking her like fuck yeah man Exactly. Exactly. And not that that culture is completely gone, but we grew up when that was the only right. and culture. The, and this is one of those things where, like, I don't know if I wasn't exposed to sex work, wasn't exposed to pornography, mm-hmm. you know, that sex workers were my peers and all this shit. If that, if I ever would have outgrown that shit, I don't know. Well, if everyone around you is giving you the same messages, it's much harder to change, right? right? And- I think being in Los Angeles has made it easier for me to open my mind to different kinds of people being a sex worker is, I I mean, as a physical therapist, I knew my patients, but that was, people were at a distance, right? A professional distance. And then all your colleagues are kind of the same. They might have multiple ethnicities. Oh my God, I'm drunk. Um, But everyone comes from a similar background in that they got really good grades in high school. They got really good grades in college. They went on to get their doctorate degrees. Like it takes a really certain personality to do those things. So you're not really knowing a diverse amount of people in a way. You know, you're all making a similar amount of money and then that's it. You're completely stuck in that bubble. So being a sex worker has made me become deep friends with people that are truly different than me, which was not something that I was ever ever able to experience in my life before porn. Yeah, same. I mean, it's just like I grew up in Chicago, around a bunch of blue collar and middle class fucking Chicagoans, and it's just like working fucking toxic male jobs. So it's just, it's just like I'm thankful that like I somehow stumbled into this opportunity, and like it really opened my eyes to a lot of bad behavior on my part. Oh, same. I, I mean, every year I'm appalled by the behavior I've presented in previous years, but I think as long as you're open-minded and willing to change and willing to reflect back on yourself. Like that's all we can hope for, which is one of the things that I kind of hate about the cancel culture is you can take something someone did five, 10, 15 years ago and cancel them currently for it. Like I'm growing and changing and becoming better every year. And I, I hope those people are too. And are we not allowed to make any mistakes or grow from well, any mistakes? That's part of the problem with modern culture is the lack of nuance. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, yes, we should definitely cancel Harvey Weinstein. He was an unrepentant monster. That, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. What he did 20 years ago was the shit he was doing to the day he went to fucking jail. Right. Allegedly. I'm not, please don't sue me. I'm sure he did, though. Yeah. He was found guilty in the court of law. Yes. He did that shit. He was an unrepentant monster. They tried to cancel James Gunn for tw- un, like uncouth tweets he made 15 years ago. Right. There, there's a difference, especially when like, I mean, you and I both remember 
when it was cool, like actually cool, to say the least societally acceptable thing you could say, to say the most offensive thing. Like we were trying to say things that we did not even mean in our hearts in any way, shape, or form for pure shock value. That was the 90s baby culture. Oh, like, you don't listen to this show very often, do you? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, the whole point was to be irreverent. The whole point was to piss off our parents. The whole point was to do it and the whole, like, to do it for doing its sake. You didn't have to mean it. You just had to piss off the old people. And that is not okay anymore. Yeah, I still and do it. it happened fast. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but, but even you, I'm sure, have lines that... Not many. You wouldn't have had before. And it's not because you didn't have those moral or ethical lines. I'm sure those lines are the same. But the way you presented humor has had to change well, with it, society. It definitely has. Well, it's just stuff like things like, you know, throwing a slur in so, or something like that, like about someone's sexuality or some shit like that. It's like, why? At, at this point, like that was the norm to like, you know, call someone a fag or some shit like that. It's just like... Right, like I am a pansexual woman. But if I were back in the day to be like, oh, that you're you're gay or you're a fag, like it didn't... It wasn't a sexual orientation slur because I was eating a lot of pussy. Do you know what I mean? It was just a dumb ass word we use that now we do not use to indicate that is silly or that is something that I don't like. And I And I hear that it has bad connotations because of the group of people that it's on, but... But you're right. There's no room for nuance or culture or what decade it was set in and what the cultural norm was at that at that time, even if it was bad and incorrect. Yeah. You know, that's one of those things where like, oh, I've learned better. That word doesn't serve anybody. And you can think about why it doesn't and the cultural implications of why it shouldn't and why it shouldn't have been said then and why it shouldn't be said now. But you still should recognize that for better or worse, at one time it was the norm. So saying it now might be inappropriate, but the same you saying it then might not have been inappropriate. And no one has room for that nuance anymore. No. And unfortunately, the double-edged sword of the internet is it has made it so everyone has a voice. But in all reality, not everyone should have a voice. No. There should be like an IQ test to whether you can have a voice. Yeah, but that's a slippery slope too. Because, is it really? Well, think about it. Who's the one who sets that bar? Yeah. yeah. Like, does everyone have to be as smart as a fifth grader? A seventh right, grader? Right, like, right, right, like, right, right. Or does where? it like some NASA scientist like, unless you're as smart as me, motherfucker. You can't say anything. You can't say anything. I'm the elite. And then yeah, it yeah. leads for more oppression. Like, yeah, it, it does. Yeah. And then like, how do you, what is an IQ test? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, what skills are you vetting with an IQ test? Like, oh, tell me the story of Jesus. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. If that was your IQ test, you might fail. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Fuck. Oh, well, there was a stone. He was dead. He was alive. But fish. Like washing feet. Yeah. <laughs> he has a Tarantino level foot fetish. Yeah. He likes whores. I like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> His followers don't for some reason. Well, now. Not then. I think then everyone was chill. Yeah. I mean, they were definitely having 13-man gangbangs. I hope so. I hope so. I hope that Last Supper was just an all-man, all-profit gangbang. Hot. Who else rolls around with 12 dudes if you're not playing music? I hope you are. For your sake. Yeah. 
That's what really why they crucified him. They're just like, yeah, we can't. Oh my god, can't be having these orgies. <laughs> too many orgies. Too many orgies. He just had too many orgies. <laughs> he had too many orgies in Roman times. <laughs> <laughs> And orgies were popping. Right? Orgies were popping. All man orgies were the thing. <laughs> See, now they're coming for us on that one. <laughs> but that's. It's, oh, that ship has sailed for me a long time ago. <laughs> fair, fair. I mean, I, what are they going to do? Fire me from my own show? Fire you from your. You're your own boss. Are you going to fire yourself? I wish I could someday. I wish I could. <laughs> some days it's like, please, could I just fire myself? That'd be awesome. <laughs> I really don't want to edit this. Yeah, you do a lot of, you wear a lot of hats. I do. You wear a lot of hats. That's awesome. But I do too. Like, that's a, a, a thing that a lot of people don't understand about indie creators of all kinds. Like, I perform and I do the styling and I direct and I book the locations and the talent and I edit and I put it out and I market it and I, yeah, all of the things. I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day who was just like, oh, I got to go to the gym. Like, I got to be on camera. Like, you wouldn't understand. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm actually on camera more than you are. And they're like, yeah. oh, shit, you are. I'm like, that's right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on camera at least two hours a week every week. Every week. Mm-hmm. At least. Snap. And they're just like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm fat and proud, whatever. <laughs> I'd like to work out more, but whiskey. Everyone should go to the gym. It's healthy. It's not about how you look. Well, yeah, but, but whiskey. You can have whiskey after the gym. I could, or I could just have more whiskey. <laughs> You're like, this conversation makes no sense. Right. Like, Actually, there, there were definitely points in my life where I had a good workout routine. I'm one of these people, like, because of how my ADD and all that shit works, is like, mm-hmm. if I get out of a workout routine, I fall all the way out of it. Yeah, you're either in or out. Yeah. like It's either, like, part of your routine till you die or nothing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where, like, when I first, shortly after I moved to Vegas, like, one of my buddies was like, oh, we should get a gym membership. I spent so much fucking money on the thing, and I had free time at the time. Yeah. Because it's just like I was on set occasionally. I was roadieing occasionally. I was working my day job like 32 hours a week. I had pl- Still a lot to do. Right. But compared to what, how much I work now, yeah. I had plenty of free time. So I was like, yeah, I can drive to the gym every fucking day. Like, yeah. Fucking put in like an hour, hour and a half every day. That's cool. Like, yeah. I I'll- try and do four days a week. I really was on like five to six days a week every. Awesome. Every fucking day. And then sometimes I do, but not often. I'd like to. It's just, you know, busy. Yeah. And then these days, because it's like, I do this, I edit for people. I, I am just constantly working, moving, working. The idea of like, oh, I should probably go work out. It's just like, no. For me, though, it's so good for my mental health. Even if I'm exhausted, I try and make myself do it. Well, and that's one of those things where like consciously, I know that mm. consciously, like when I get in the groove, it's like, oh yeah, this is awesome. I feel good. I feel positive. Yeah. It's just getting over that hill. Like it's like over the hill and just, I was just running down the hill. I'm running down the hill. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. And then like I get distracted and I get off and it's just like, oh, I don't want to climb that fucking hill again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my audience has fucking heard this, but it's like the Japan trip really opened my eyes. That like, I have to start working out again because. Why the Japan trip? Oh, I blew out my fucking legs. Uh, like, I walked 11 miles in the first two days. Yeah, yeah. And my, leg, my legs hurt the rest of the fucking trip. Like, bad. Joint pain or uh, muscular pain? Muscular pain, like, a little bit of joint pain, but mostly muscu- like yeah. muscular pain. And it was just like, part of it was the first day I walked five miles with a full camera bag and a 50-pound roller bag. on Still, though. On public trans. And, like, I 
got a fucking horrible Charlie horse designed to carry my suitcase down a flight of stairs. Like by the time I made it to 500 meters from my hotel, the last train station, I started to walk in and I'm just like, Nope. I called the cab. Cab's like, it's close. I'm like, I know. Do it. I just can't literally can't do it. Yeah. I laid down for a couple hours and then I went out. Oh, and you did it again. Thankfully, not trudging all my gear. But still. Yeah. And then I went out to the bar, got dinner, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're walk- up, moving. Yeah. And then, like, the next day, I did nothing but street photography all day. That's cool, though. Yeah. And I walked, like, six, seven miles. Like, Did you get some cool images? Oh, you haven't seen any of my... oh, When we get off air, I'll show you, yeah. like, the Japan gallery. Yeah, yeah. But, like, my. I it... love, like, the street fashion type vibes, too. It just, it got to a point where, like, I could walk a couple hundred feet, and then I'd have to sit for a minute, walk mm-hmm. a couple. And this is my third trip to Japan. Like, and when I was there in 2016, there were days we'd walk 12 miles in a day. And by the end of the day, my knees would be bothering me a little bit. But, but you'd be fine. You'd be fine. But this whole trip, my legs were just like, mm-hmm. dog. Young for that. It's also, I've been very sedentary for the last three years. The pandemic fucked a lot of people up. Yeah. And, like, and there's also some fear of, like, maybe I have some long COVID symptoms. I don't know. Either way, you got to get in it. You right, got to exactly. get in it and work out and push through it. And I mean, yeah. you, there's nothing you can do about having had COVID. Right, exactly. It's, but it was one of those eye openers where, like, in my mind, I'm like, I booked the trip. I'm like, oh, it's going to suck walking a lot, but, you know, I'm on this. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, I am in discomfort yeah. all the fucking time on not good. for a week. And I'm like, I am too young. I'm fat, but I'm too young for. No, and you're not big and you're not old. So, yeah. You got to get on it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But it was just—it was a good eye opener. It's like, yeah, I, I told my—I told myself when I got back, I'm like, this trip's probably gonna save my life, well, at least extend it a little bit. And then I still haven't worked out a fucking day since I've been back. Do you have a gym membership? I have a gym in this building. In the building? Uh huh. I know. For the audio audience, that look is a—it's a look. It's a look. Get in it. Start with one day a week. Yeah, I know. Just don't even, like, have a plan for the gym. Just, like, arrive in it and see what happens. Hello. Yeah, that's it. Just go to the gym and step inside. Okay, then I can take the elevator right back upstairs. That's good. If that's what happens. Do you know what I mean? But I feel like usually when people get all the way to the gym, they'll do a little something. Well, and I think that's actually having the gym in the building is part of the problem. Because it's just like, oh, I can just go downstairs whenever I want and go use it. And then I just don't. Mm. Where it's like, when I was in Vegas, I would like have to drive to the gym. And then, like, oh, I drove here. And like I spent the time to get here. And what actually fucked up my workout routine when I first moved to L.A., because I was still in a pretty good workout routine when I first moved to L.A., was my gym, even with validation, had, like, absorbent parking fees. Oh. So it was just like, to work out five days a week. I'd be spending in parking more than what my monthly membership was. That's stupid. I agree. But unfortunately, the gym was also two miles away from my apartment. So it's like, it's there too- should be a free parking. I agree. You already paid the gym. I agree. Hollywood, yo. That's stupid. I agree. And it's like, it's two miles away. So it's too far. It's just too much time on my day to walk there, work out, walk back. Yeah. And like, I mean, people that aren't here in LA, it's not really a walkable city. It's not really like, and I don't mean like people. It's just not like there's cars and there's roads. It's not like a safe running. Like you couldn't just like happily jog two miles to the gym. You'd probably get hit by a car. Well, and it's just the amount of time out of my day to like cover the two miles each way, even if I'm even and even at a brisk walk, that's 
30, 30, 40 minutes each way, plus an hour workout. Like that's three hours out of my day. And like, I work a lot. So it's just, and just the economics of it. It was just like, am I going to spend a couple hundred a month working out but now? Right. And now like this gym in your building. Part, part of the reason I moved into this place, like, Oh, I got a gym. I'll start working out again. And then I've used Is it, it a decent gym. Not really. I mean, it's like two ellipticals, two treadmills, some free weights. Still, you can it's get there. something done. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure my audience is enthralled after two hours of like <laughs> Matt's workout routine. <laughs> Actually, Sheree, I'm going to call last call on this motherfucker because we have been going almost two and a half hours. Oh my God, really? Uh-huh. Jesus. Uh-huh. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. And we hung out for like an hour and a half before we yeah. got on air. Cheers. So yeah. it's been like a long hang. This is what happens when you have friends on your podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But before we get you out of here. Yeah, I have to wake up at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Oof. Yeah. But I probably shouldn't tell you what time it is. Midnight? Not quite. Oh, my God. Before we get you out of here, <laughs> where can they find you on the things? Uh, just go Google Sheree DeVille. You'll find all kinds of stuff. Uh, Sheree DeVille XO on Instagram. Sheree DeVille on Twitter. Sheree DeVille XO on YouTube. Find me. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Find oh, yeah. Sheree. Yeah. Check out part of her documentary. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, check it out. It's humanizing. It's better than any other porn documentary, but mm, yeah. I wrote about it for Rolling Stone. That's a little bit better. I write a lot for the Daily Beast. You can check that out. Yeah. 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 Well, once again, she introduced Jake Edelstein and I. So, <laughs> with a DM slide, I still can't believe you DM slam. <laughs> like, I was uh, fully expecting you to go through proper channels on that. Like, you, nah. both, you both write for the Daily Beast. Like, nah, yeah. nah, it's so much easier. Oh, no, no. Well, yeah. we do. Everyone just slides into DMs nowadays. I know. And it, it obviously worked out very well. It was just not what I was expecting. As always, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook, twitch.tv slash Matt F and Slayer. You can find the Patreon with the exclusive content a week early, the uncensored content at mm-hmm. patreon.com. All the times I took my tits out. I mean, that does happen around here. <laughs> it does happen. It did, I'm sure it does. It did not happen tonight, but it does happen around mm-hmm. here. And you can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter and Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. Hmm.